from downtown, this is Tim Kitsar from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka. This week on Nintendo Main, we have Jonathan Holmes here from Circuit Dude to talk to us about the Nintendo Switch. I can't believe it, but I actually beat Moon. Nintendo pressed the button again, the one that makes me buy stuff. Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 237. Make sure I get it right this time. We actually had two 35s in the last two weeks, but I don't know if anybody <laughs> noticed. But welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 237. This is your place for Nintendo news from Nintendo fans like yourselves. We are your hosts. I'm Trey, bit of a blowjob, Johnson. I'm Jeremy, president of love, Mikowski. I'm John, fear of missing out, knitter. And this week we have a special guest... Jonathan Holmes. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, how nice, are you? Uh, nice to meet you, and thanks for having me on your show. For sure, yeah. Thanks um, for coming on. Yeah, welcome. I know Jeremy knows more about you than I do. Jonathan, I saw your work first on the Arty Boy, which is kind of where I got to know a little bit about stuff you'd done because they had me do a little bit of writing for the magazine, and I did some like overviews of the games that were uploaded and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there was a uh, one year where I did a video of. Uh, it was the holiday game jam. I think it was game jam number two or three. I can't remember. But mm-hmm. and uh, your fu- uh, your game festive fight was on there. So that's the first game of yours I played. Yeah, but I really cool. like. I really thought it was really cool, and it it, it made me laugh, especially that's- just a, even just a description of it where you're like, for some you're like they're doing this for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely in the spirit of a, a, a game jam for that one. So actually, that's a, a bit of a throwback. We just finished the fifth game jam, so it's been. Maybe one every like five or six months. So that was quite some time ago. So that's that's cool that you you knew me from that. And yeah, and I've kind of, I've fallen out of touch with the Arda Boy community a little bit, but I do still you know, bust it out from time to time, and I, I still really like it. I actually have two of them. Um, yeah, I have like seven of them. So uh, no, that's good to know you're still involved in the community. I was going to ask if you were still involved in the community, but yeah, it's something easy to pick up, and I, I like to make games. But when you work on a big project, sometimes you get burnt out. So mm-hmm. having a you know, the small argue boy platform to work on from here. Yeah. Here and there. It's, it's pretty, it kind of keeps your, you, you encouraged to continue working on games. Now, now you did, you did circuit dude on uh argue boy and switch, but were there other argue, other boy games that you did on there on that system? Yeah. So, yeah. So like you mentioned, I did, I did a festive fight, which is kind of like a, a dive kick kind of ripoff. Um, but you're using only like mascots from like holidays. So like Uncle Sam for July 4th and the turkey from Thanksgiving and Santa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I, I made like a Metroidvania clone, but it's like a, a, ca- a cowboy kind of themed um, game called Midnight Wild. I think Midnight Wild and Circuit Dude are probably my biggest and best games so far. Um, some well, so There's like a huge fan on the, on the forum who really likes uh, train dodge for some reason but that's like a 
one of the first games I made. So I made like I think seven or eight games at this point for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't tried uh, the second one you were listing, the Metroidvania. I want to try that out. That's yeah, cool. yeah, it's it's uh, it's really really polished. I, I had uh, somebody else help me out with the artwork because I just wanted it to look like the best game I'd ever done, and I think it came out really good. I'm going to check it out. Um, yeah, one other thing I did want to mention, and I only re- discovered it recently. I guess I wasn't looking at the the developer notes or whatever, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize I'd been using your just your software. Period. The uh, the Artiboy uploader, whatever. What was it called? Uh, the Artiboy manager. Yeah. Yes, Artiboy manager. I've had that on my computer for years now too, and like I love yeah, it yeah. because it just everything I can store everything in there. And just, yeah, you know this this is like the first like open source platform project that I kind of got involved in and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it the the system is awesome, but it's just not super approachable for some people who aren't like really into like programming and stuff. So I tried mm-hmm. to come up with a solution that was like one click for people, and uh, it also like tr- I tried to like manage other games, like post them on my website and, and just download them from there that way. But my website was hacked recently, so it kind of lost a lot Ooh. of mm-hmm. all those games. So if you if you haven't touched your Artie Boy Manager, let's sync up after this maybe. So I can download the files that you've downloaded from my website, so I can have a backup of, uh, of those files because oh sure uh, I, I I need to basically recreate uh, that portion of my web server. So oh that's a bummer. Well I hope you can yeah. fix it. Yeah but yeah but so I've I've done I've done games for the Artie Boy and, and a little bit of software as well for it. It was something that I really got into for a while, but I wanted to bust out and, and work on some other projects as well. And uh, here recently, that's what I've been doing, hence mm-hmm. like the the Switch release and stuff. Yeah, if if anybody doesn't know, uh, yeah, Circuit Dude, I, I think it came out like a week or two ago, like on, on the mm-hmm. eShop. And, yeah, uh, last Monday. Yeah, it's a uh, it's four ninety nine, so it's it's not too expensive, and it's it reminds me a lot of uh, Adventures of Lolo. Like I don't know if that Ooh. was some inspiration for that, but yeah. same sort mm-hmm. of uh, puzzle like puzzle style, like get from point A to point B without yeah. without Mo- like most people. Yeah. Most people say uh, uh, Chip Challenge actually. Yeah, and, yeah, that's. I kind of was thinking that initially when I played it. Which one? Yeah, and especially on our on Artie Boy when I played it there. Yeah, oh, okay. a, a chip challenge. It's kind of like an Atari Lynx game, and like, oh, okay. I think it was on like uh, PC too for a while. Mm, it was like uh, included in Windows. Yeah, yeah, it was like a ski free kind of game, like mm-hmm. included in those packs. I wanted to talk to you for a while at the beginning here about some okay. food and all that. Go okay, for it. Cool. Like you said, it's a retro throwback kind of puzzler game where you get from point A to point B, avoiding obstacles. Uh, unlike Chip's Challenge, for people who are familiar with it, there's no enemies in the game. So the only time you ever die is because you like blocked yourself, or you fall into a trap hole, or you've crushed yourself, or you've electrocuted yourself. So it's it's kind of like uh, a game where you are your own enemy, and like you like have to outsmart the level. Not and and you don't have to like you can't blame your skill or something for for dying. It's it's all like your your logic that you know your your thought process that you have to overcome. So, uh, but, but speaking of chips challenge, that's one thing that people come up to me a lot and ask me like, Oh, did you play chips challenge as a kid? Was it based off of that? And and the reality is, is I've never played the game or even heard of it until I finished the first version of circuit dude for the Ardu boy. And my roommate was like, Oh, this is just like chips challenge. And I was just (laughs) like, Oh my gosh, dang it. Now people are going to like, like I see the similarities I do from like an aesthetics perspective but it really is a lot closer to like Adventures of Lolo or something mechanically speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I did try to derive like ideas from uh, games like Bobby Carrot and 
Adventure of Lolo and Pokemon and Legend of Zelda. So those kind of retro puzzles that I that I'm more familiar with. So I try I try to derive those kind of uh, concepts and stuff and, and make Circuit Dude kind of like a hodgepodge of all the best mechanics that I've come in contact with and then make something unique out of that from there. Nice. Yeah, no, it's, de- it's definitely worth looking at mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, I've, I've been enjoying it and it's, yeah, it's, it's a, one of those great things. It's like such a simple premise and it's easy to, and then it gets more complicated as you go. Mm-hmm. And I like games. Exactly. I, find it, I find it kind of relaxing too. Like, I mean, it's a, it's challenging and all that, but it's nice to just have a, a game where you know, there's not enemies coming at you and like, you can mm-hmm. just take your time and figure out the puzzle. And if you get to that point where you mess up, you just start over and do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really nice. It's a nice meditative kind of puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Um, I, I've heard a lot from people that say, like, you know, I just want, like, I'm glad that you don't have, like, a certain amount of lives or a time limit or, you know, something like that or, or uh, you know, so, so many steps you have to do it in. And to me, like, I don't want to make a casual puzzle game. If I say, like, I made a puzzle game, people are going to think, like, oh, you made, like, Candy Crush or you made another <laughs> casual game. No. <laughs> and, and this game is kind of, you know, casual in that regard that, like, you don't, you, you're not up against enemies. You're not up against a time limit or something. You're not rushed. But it isn't easy. Like, I don't want casual mm-hmm. to make it seem like it doesn't have a lot of heart put into the puzzle design because the levels do get brutal. I was watching somebody stream it today on Twitch and he got, it was level 50. Um, he, it took him two hours to finish it because uh, it was just a very meticulous level. As you get through those easier it. levels, you know, by the time you hit 50, it's very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. So how, how many levels total are there on there? Okay, so there's uh, 100 original levels um, whenever I put it onto Steam. And then, uh, like, I did a huge, like, 2.0, like, overhaul, completely rewrote a lot of the game, and that added an extra 20 levels. So there, there's 120, but if you just beat the first uh, 100, you get to the end. Um, and there really isn't uh, a story, or there seemingly isn't a story, but as you get through the game, um, there's dialogue from the main character, Circuit Dude, that kind of leads you into believe, like, this is, there's something going on, like, what, like, he kind of feeds you tips about a story, and then at the end, there's a big reveal, and then you're like, oh, I guess this all makes sense now. Uh-huh. So there is, like, a twist ending. That's cool. cool. One thing, I'm on, like, level 18, so I'm just happy to know there's a lot, there's a lot more to go. Yeah, and, and there is a level one. editor too, so you can make your own levels and experiment with them that way. Oh, awesome! I was gonna say I I appreciate when anybody when any developer takes an opportunity to put a story into a game when it could. Mm-hmm. I think personally, when when a story could be there, you should put one in. It just yeah. makes it so much better. So, yeah, and, thank you for doing and, that. And, yeah, yeah, and for for uh for Circuitude on the Arty Boy, like you're limited to 32 kilobytes of space. There's almost no space. Like there's none. There's not enough for text, really. Like, I, I couldn't fit any kind of text into the game. So there's no, like, dialogue in that version of the game. The end is literally two words and three <laughs> pictures. And from there, I had to, like, I, I basically had, like, so much memory left in the game. I was like, I, what can I do with this? And, like, how can I make a story? And I was like, oh, okay, I can just throw this in there. And then the PC version came around. I wanted to kind of keep that charm of it. Uh, that's kind of one of the reasons, you know, one of you guys mentioned earlier, like, it's not a game that you can, uh, it's, it's a game that you can like, like, ooh, I hate the word casual, but casually, gradually, mm-hmm. uh, get to the harder levels of without being like 
sat down and told exactly what to do. There's no tutorial that's holding your hand. Mm-hmm. And that's because the Ardu boy didn't have the space for something like that. So to teach you incredibly complex le- levels later on in puzzles, like you had to be fed easier levels to learn the mechanics of the game slowly. And so I kind of kept that, that, that idea in the, even the switch version. So a lot of the dialogue might be like a tip here and there about how to play, but most of it is actually unrelated to the gameplay itself. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I like that you did that because I miss the games, you know, games that didn't have tutorials, like in this just, and the and how they would like teach you how to play within it. Like Super Mario Brothers 1 does that, is where it's like, yeah. there's a bad guy at the beginning. Well, it doesn't tell you to jump on them, but you have to figure out that you have to jump on them because you'll die if you don't. So it's yeah, like, it's yeah. giving you the tutorial like through the levels and I feel like this does a lot of that same thing, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah, I, so, I appreciate so- that, yeah. I took a few gaming classes in, in college, and even though my major was software engineering, I, I took them as electives because I found them to be fun and interesting and kind of a new way to solve a problem. And, and that's a classic level. You know, the first level Mario teaches you so much without you realizing, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't, if you're not explained what to do, you just are going to push buttons on a controller until you figure something out. And then you realize, oh, if I hold to the right, the screen scrolls and I can go that way, but I can't go to the left. And so you realize like, okay, well, the goal of the game is to go right. And the same thing with Circuit Dude. It's like, um, I've seen people play who have never played before and they, 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 they move around, try to interact with stuff. The first level, there's no interactions. You can't click on anything. You can't talk to anything. You can only walk over certain spaces. And in fact, you can't even, you can't even die on that level. Like there's no way to block yourself. Mm. So just from that, you should be able to learn like the goal of the game in a very safe environment. And I, I don't like the word casual, but that's like the most casual introduction to these kind of mechanics. And for somebody who's not a real puzzle person or who is not very confident in their ability to solve incredibly complex puzzles, that's the easiest way to kind of like rope them into a game and get them hooked. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, that, that's what I always thought was like the what I would call like the Nintendo way or what I would think of like mm-hmm. older classic Nintendo games is where it's like, yeah, it's it's easy to easy to start, but once you get farther into it, it gets a lot more challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there was a metaphor that somebody said, a saying. It was like the Nintendo way is like uh, showing you instead of explaining to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, something similar. I'm paraphrasing, but when they said that, I was just like, oh, that's and, and that was in a video that I saw just a few months ago or something. So mm-hmm. yeah, it totally makes sense. Was it? Uh, I mean, how did uh, talk to us about how the game got onto Switch? Like, did you? contact nintendo did nintendo contact you like how did how did it go from ardu boy to the eShop? okay yeah so um with uh with my background i got into programming a long time ago when i was very young actually and i started making like my very first project i ever worked on was the palm pilot and then the second thing i ever programmed for was the psp and then PC. So I kind of have like a weird introduction to programming compared to most people. And because of that, I kind of really enjoy working on all these weird platforms like the Ardu Boy or like little Linux based devices and stuff or Palm Pilot. And um, I kind of, once I finished Ardu Boy, I knew that I had like a, a game that people wanted. People kept asking like, hey, will you put it on PC? Will you put it on this or that or that? And I kind of only upgraded it from one platform to another based off of like demand, actually. Sure, yeah. So people people came to me and they're like, hey, will you put on Steam? And I was like, okay, sure. I was going to move on to another project, but you know, this seems like 
you guys really like it. So I, I worked on a Steam version and I got a lot of feedback from the original Arnie Boy version. And I got that out the door. And I, I kind of didn't, I kind of got burnt out from it, to be honest. Like there was a lot of work to completely recreate it with a whole new set of graphics and everything uh, was a lot more complex. And I also had a day job at the time too. So I was very busy. But once I got, once I got through that, people of course were like, Hey, will you add more mechanics, more levels, or will you put it on iPhone or Android or something? So I had a, had a obliged audience. So I did that as well. And then people came to me and they were like, Hey, will you put the Arty boy version of, you know, circuit dude and midnight wild onto the bit boy. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that system, but it's more like a, a handheld uh, Famiclone or like a handheld system on a chip system. Uh, eventually they made like a, kind of like a Raspberry Pi version of it that became popular for a little while. And uh, there's a guy who sent me one for free. He was like, if you put Circuit Dude on it, I'll just give you one. Oh, and nice. I think he was adjacent to the company. He wasn't a part of the company making them, but he like worked for like their promotional something or another. He sent me one and I, I put it on there in a, in a little while. And he was like, oh, well, you put it on these other systems. So he sent me like two other ones to put the system on the game onto. So I did that as well. And while I was working on that, people were like, well, what about a Switch version? You know, Switch version this, Switch version that. And I, I really did think that the system of the game would do a lot better on Switch versus like iPhone or something because one, the audience is a bit different for that platform than, than mobile. And also it's just, it's just like, it, it really does have that retro charm. You know, you do want to use like a T-pad to play with it. You don't want to use a touchscreen. It's not not really designed for that. And so I tried to look into it and see what I could do to get it on the switch. And so I sent out like emails to people and even reached out to some people at Nintendo that I knew. And uh, basically they said, you got to, you, you have to blindly email this third party publishing email and send them a, a pitch deck and which is basically like a press kit and say, Hey, here's the game I want us to put onto the system. Can I please have a Nintendo switch, uh, developer account and uh basically if you email them it's like throwing your resume into a black void kind of yeah. thing where you don't, you, you're not guaranteed any kind of response ever so uh, i've heard back from a lot of developers who say they don't even hear back but i actually they they emailed me within like a month and they said no we don't want your game on on the switch and i was just like really upset Oh. But I knew that the people who were looking over the 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 applications is like a huge group of people from all over the world. So just because like one person denies me, like doesn't mean that other people might not. And I've seen some pretty terrible games land on the Switch. So I'm thinking like who who approved those people? You know, I want I want to get approved by those people too. <laughs> and like I, so I, I I resubmitted it actually four or five times, and uh, every time they said no until the last time that I submitted it. And they basically, it, it takes anywhere between two weeks to like two months to hear back from them every time you email it. So if, if you get a no, if you're a game developer, consider going back and brushing up on your press kit and in your, your pitch deck or whatever and sending it again to Nintendo. Because just because I say no doesn't mean you can never put your game on the system. And it's not against the rules or anything. Mm-hmm. So consider going back, updating it and sending it back to them. But just 
you know, have it ready, be expect the no and, and send it out. And that's what I did. And their final message that they sent to me was, oh, hey, your game looks great. Be prepared to talk to us in a, in a few weeks when we send you more information. And they never, they never sent me any more information. Mm. So I was like, what the heck's going on? And it was kind of near the holidays at that point. And uh, I went ahead and I talked to a local game studio in Dallas uh, called Sickhead Games. I know the the owner there. And I was just like, hey, is Nintendo always like this? Like they told me like to, you know, that we would talk or whatever and uh, get more, more info. And they just never responded to me. And he's like, oh yeah, they're, they're very hard to contact sometimes. And uh, actually I didn't want to wait an indeterminate amount of time. I didn't want to promise something to my fans like, oh, I'm going to put this game on the switch by next year if it takes them four months, five months to get back to me. So I actually, I talked to the developer that I knew at Sikhead Games about that. And he said, well, you know, why, why wait? Why not partner with us? And, you know, we're looking to kind of turn our company, not necessarily into a publishing house, but we're trying to experiment a little bit with publishing and maybe use you as a guinea pig and we could team up with that. And, and uh, I think I, I kind of may have mentioned the idea first, but the, it just kind of was like an organic idea that we had. And we came to a pretty a pretty easy agreement really quickly. They hate contracts. I hate contracts. But we kind of came up with something easy to, to work with. And basically, I give them a portion of the sales, of course, for going through. And they give me the, the hardware. So they technically are my publishers. And I'm technically going through a publisher. But I also did get that approval for Nintendo. But I just didn't want to you know, wait to go through that process. And then also because they're technically my publisher, but they're not handling me. Like most publishers are going to do a lot of marketing and stuff. I've, I've done all the marketing myself, but um, with, uh, with, with going through them, I've actually found that it's pretty nice to have a resource I can rely on. Like I can message them anytime I want to be like, Hey, Nintendo is doing this. Why are they doing that? How can I overcome this issue with that I'm having with them? Or, you know, the developer access says blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, to get around that, we've done that a lot. You got to do this. And so they've been a really helpful uh, resource. So here lately, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, how did you get on the Switch? I want my game on the Switch. And so those are the two things I say. One, to be very persistent and emailing your stuff to Nintendo just because they say no doesn't mean no forever. And two, really do look into, like, working with a local developer like I did because there's a lot of people around you who don't want your don't like like sickhead games they don't want to get rich off a of circuit dude you know if it happens and it happens but they they really are just local indie developers like me and they're you know they're chill and they, they want to like help a, another indie developer so uh, those are definitely the two options two two tips I would say to people but that's kind of the story of all the way starting on the Ardu Boy, 32 kilobytes of memory to landing on the Switch eShop now. Nice, yeah. yeah that's great. That's, uh, Never heard such the, a good inside, yeah, insider's view of working with Nintendo like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the best explanation of that that we've gotten so far from anybody. So, yeah, yeah. that's very appreciated. Persistence yeah, is, is good. I think right? persistent, yeah, yeah, I think part of the issues recently though is of course the global pandemic i think covid in general has added about five months to the release for my game there was a a lot of technical stuff in the background that that it slowed down unfortunately 
but I mean, hopefully the, that clears up um, relatively quickly, you know, in the future. So, uh-huh. so anybody going forward, any game developers that might be listening should, I think, be persistent and just keep emailing and keep being annoying in general. Yeah. It usually helps <laughs> out. Did you- Wondering too, so you said that you submitted a couple of times. I think you said five times and you changed mm-hmm. your pit, your pitch deck. Without getting too specific, if you don't want to, what was the difference between Pitch Deck 1 and Pitch Deck 5? Well, I think brushing up on maybe the verbiage that I used. But I, I eventually, it was kind of as I was working on the Artie Boy version and the BitBoy version and these other systems, I came to um, get, get more popular um, between Pitch Deck 1 and Pitch Deck 5. I already really still onto new systems. And I had gotten more following. So I would say stuff like, you know, n- now on so many systems versus not even mentioning the fact that I've ported it to so many places. Um, and I think kind of consolidating a big wall of text to just bullet points where somebody can look over and, and see. They, they don't have to be caught up on the minutia. They can just say like, oh, he won an award for his game here. You know, that's awesome. And I don't have to kind of explain like, that I think people are interested in my game. Like I have an award or something that I can kind of put as a bullet point to prove it. I'm interested because I also write pitch decks on the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, very, very true. The more white you have on your page, the better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I I've also tried to incorporate links too. Um, so I have a link to the Prescott circuit dude.com slash Prescott.php. That's my Prescott. If anybody's interested uh, I have a press kit I sent out to some people, but the the email to Nintendo was a very consolidated version of that. Um, but I also included like a link to the trailer and stuff as well, link to, um, and then the the most recent press kit that I've sent out to like news websites, uh, game websites. Uh, I even included like a link to the uh, switch shop where the game has like a hundred percent positive review rating from like the audience and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, I really try to focus on that, you know, it takes time to kind of accrue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Has it, it's gotten a pretty good response on the eShop is what you're saying then? Like, like so far. Uh, well, the eShop, you know, the Nintendo like values privacy so much. It seems like they don't even want, uh, children to rate games yeah <laughs> so it, like mm-hmm. there's no there's no star system or thumbs up system in, on the eShop. so i can't really see from that uh i can just kind of see from the financials of it all mm-hmm. but, but like I, I mean have you had people reach out to you through twitter and, and stuff like that like about the switch version so for for the iphone version i've had like a lot of uh the iphone version by the way was uh featured as game of the day from apple in the app store oh, and nice. oh cool yeah, yeah, it completely came to shock to me. They said like, "Oh, we, you know, hey, will you apply for it?" And I was like, "Okay, sure, I'll apply for it." And I sent them all the stuff for it. And then somebody came to me and was like, "Oh, hey, your game's featured today for some reason." And then I looked at the sales and I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, it really is being featured." Wow. Um, but I've had like random moms email me about like, "Hey, I can't, I can't, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can't beat level seventy-seven." And I'm like, "That seventy-seven is insane! Like, how'd you get that far? Like, you're just some like." <laughs> I, I I say mom not as like an insult or anything, but I think I'm thinking like my mom plays casually some games here and there, and it's like if she she's the kind of person that might like pick up a game and like reach out to the developer like 
like this person did. So I've had like random people for iPhone, nobody necessarily for Switch just yet because it's only a weekend. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that the game is very difficult near the end. Um, now there is a bug that's in level 98. I just pushed a patch a few days ago to the to the eShop and that's still being processed to fix this. Mm-hmm. But there is a bug on level 98, unfortunately, uh, that somehow slipped through the cracks. And somebody emailed me like two days after the game came out, they said, Hey, there's a bug in level 98. And that blows, <laughs> that blows my mind. Like mm. I've, I've had a few people reach out and say like they, they played the game, but like for somebody to already be that far and to know about the bug before I can even get it patched, like that, that, that scared me. <laughs> Cause if, if one person's telling me that, then, you know, it must be a whole bunch of people that have already gotten that far and, that and, person and playing the game. Could be a game tester for you or something. Yeah, and there is an, there's another guy who, who caught the bug, too, and he literally said, like, oh, I love these kind of games. I'd, I'd love to test your next game. So, Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, so you can meet yeah. people in there can help you out in the future. And we- It also means people care sometimes, you know, when, when people report a bug like that. Like, you know, if I really don't like a game or whatever, I'm not that into it. I'm not going to report the bug. I'm just going to stop playing the game. But yeah, you know, he got yeah. to level 98, and he wanted to help improve the game, and he cared. So that's pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah, John, I, I, I definitely think that too. And, um, y- you know, I, I didn't see a whole lot of like news coverage about Circuit Dude, unfortunately. Like it would all be awesome to get on Kotaku or something like that or, you know, Polygon, what have you. Uh, but I will say like I've seen so many random people. It's kind of like have you ever Googled your own name to see what pops mm-hmm. up? It's kind of like that, with, but with a game that I made. So I would mm-hmm. like try to spy on or search for people talking about Circuit Dude and see what kind of buzz there is. And uh, randomly on Facebook, there's a lot of people talking about it in like random Facebook groups that I'm not even a part of. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how does this random person who I don't know, how come they're talking about my game? And I try to think of like how they were exposed to it. I really I really don't have an answer about that. It's got to be like some sort of organic exposure that I'm not really aware of. Yeah, Maybe it's happening offline. Somebody's talking to somebody on the playground or wherever they're at or at work. <laughs> yeah. No playgrounds yeah, now. So. <laughs> Probably yeah. no playgrounds at this time. But no, not playgrounds. Virtual, they're yelling it virtual. from six feet away. Hey, have you heard about <laughs> Virtual playgrounds for virtual school or something. Hey, man, circuit dude. The reason I ask about how to the responses is just to – I mean, the Switch is awesome, but some of it's kind of freaky. Like, Because, you know, they have like 20, 30 games like per week at least mm-hmm. released on that system. So – it's unfortunate that a lot of you know indie developers, I would see like being scared of just falling, you know, just getting lost in the crowd there because there's like so yeah. many other games coming out that maybe it's mm-hmm. like if they don't know that much about your game, like why would they look at it? Like one, well, think, yeah, think about how many games are coming out on the Switch each day, and then like multiply that by like twelve, and then you have the numbers for Steam, pretty much. Yeah, um, yeah. or like or like, like iOS, like a iPad yeah. or like iPhone, I imagine could be worse as well because. Mm-hmm. There's lots of stuff coming out like every day. At least Switch is mostly like every Thursday, but still it's like, I mean, there's, there's a ton of games like every week. It's like ridiculous. I don't, I don't, there's so many good games too. Yeah. Like I, like there's a lot of trash out there like on every platform, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good games on yeah. Switch and a lot of good games on like iOS. Like why was I featured as game of the day? I still can't tell. I think what happened was a person who was testing the game to approve it and part of the Apple approval process said that they liked it and submitted it internally. Like that's the, best guess that I can come up with mm-hmm. because there are so many other games that don't get featured and it's not like some Apple developer was like skimming through. Uh, it apparently was featured when it came out in some other countries as like 
hey, featured game, you know, featured new game or something like that in India. And like from there, it kind of rose into the ranks and was a put, put onto that. And I can only assume, you know, that a few people who are playing the iOS version or the Android version uh, or the Steam version know about the, the Switch version now. Um, when you start the game, there's like a... It, I programmed this specifically in the case that I ever come out with like a console version of the game. It will ask the server like, Hey, is there any news about circuit dude? So when it came out for Android, it would say like, or iOS, it would say like, Oh, Hey, you can download the steam version said, Hey, you can download circuit dude now for mobile. And now that the switch version's out, that, that message says like, Oh, Hey, check it out on, on the switch. Nice. Yeah. So I, th- I, th- I can, I can kind of see probably a few people maybe converting from the, you know, the, that, audience through that demographic to maybe picking up on the switch too but other than that the the organic reach that it's it's had is actually kind of perplexing like i'm sure a lot of people are just kind of seeing like the new releases and like saying oh this looks fun but other than that it's 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 like a black hole to me i mean i think our exposure to it was in a very organic just because of like i said how i found out you know played your game on arty boy and Mm-hmm. Even just the randomness of how I got the Ardu Boy at the Expo in Portland. Oh, you were at the Portland Retro Game Fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he sold off the floor units for like, mm. cheap yeah, at the show. So I, yeah, I, 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 snagged I was there. Those. Were you? Yeah, I was there with them with uh, Kevin, the, the Ardu Boy guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I bought it from Kevin. And yeah, I just okay. like, then, uh, we, probably, just, we probably had a casual glance at each other from afar. We probably <laughs> did, yeah. So just going from there to like, you know... I'd seen you, you know, I follow you on Twitter, so I'd seen you mention it coming out for uh, Steam when you were mm-hmm. doing that. So I kind of had my ear to the street, so to speak, a little bit in that regard. But as soon as I saw it was coming to Switch, I was like, all right, we got to talk to this guy about it. Yeah, so somebody Switch mentioned, sorry, sorry to cut you off. That's I think there's a little bit of lag. Um, I, somebody mes- mentioned to me the other day, they're like, hey, can we interview you for, I'm, I'm part of like this local area indie developer collective. It's not like a club or anything. It's just like people who are trying to support each other and doing indie games and stuff. And they wanted to like interview me. They start they started a series where they interview a developer every week. And the person approached me and they said, "Yeah, you hustle all the time. And like you you're trying to do so much for your game." And I'm like, "I I've never really thought of it as a hustle like constantly trying to promote myself or something." But I am trying to be more active on Twitter and, you know, more active on forums and stuff. And and I think as I, I kind of am exposed to more audiences through making, you know, like the version for the BitBoy and stuff that is kind of organically growing the potential audience for the Switch game. So I'm, I'm hoping that it pays off. I haven't actually looked at the numbers. I'm, I told myself I would wait two weeks before looking at the numbers to see how many sales I get. Mm, for sure, yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. I mean, that, that's how you, that's how you, how you have to sell a lot of things. It's just, uh, you know, talk talk to people and just tell them about your product, and mm-hmm. that's what I that's what we try to do for this show as well. And you know, I've been mm-hmm. asked for like press kits, and you know, it's it's still the same for like the podcast as well. Like trying to get but you guys are on episode two hundred and thirty seven. Like that's insane to be <laughs> one that consistent. Most people give up. Like, oh, let's do a podcast. Okay, we're podcast three. Eh, maybe not this week, and then they never pick it back up. But like, you guys are 237. That's that's a lot. Like it, it really is a numbers game of how consistent you are, and like if you continue to 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 promote yourself, like the, you will grow that audience. So yeah, thanks for saying it, that. Yeah, thanks a lot. It, it was. I mean, a lot of it for us was just kind of like 
I don't know because we we were all friends, so it was like it gave an, as a, us an excuse to talk to each other like every week. So right. I guess yeah. that was a part of it, and it was just kind of like I don't know, like most things, consistency, you know. And then the numbers just kept going and going, and we never stopped. So cool, yeah. That's, that's kind of Trey's. How, kinda Trey's how also you know pretty good editor, sound editor. I, I edit everything, so yeah. <laughs> well, well um, thank you for helping me with these arms. Uh, um. Oh yeah, no, it, this, no, this is a yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, thanks for being on the show. Like, I, this has actually been a, a thing that we've been doing a lot this year is had to talk to a lot of indie, indie developers and that type of thing. And, and like how you were talking about, like, uh, you know, how somebody like Kotaku or IGN or something won't cover something like this. Mm-hmm. Like, this was part of the inspiration for me to ever have a podcast is that I felt like a lot of the main, main websites is just all talk about the same thing. And it's like, you don't get, yeah. you don't get reviews or any, or anybody. Sometimes people don't even mention like mm-hmm. indie games or some of them don't even mention like, you know, like AAA games or whatever that are released. So I, I felt like they were all lacking. So I wanted to. Yeah. A lot, to be, a lot of bigger, yeah. bigger companies are just kind of all this samey. So I, yeah. I definitely wanted to come on here and, you know, share, of course, for a moment game, mm-hmm. but also kind of, you know, hear what else you guys had to offer. I know that you guys talk a lot more than just, you know, indie games and stuff. You talk about game news and even non Nintendo news too. Yeah. Yeah. We try to talk about different stuff. Uh, speaking of which, do you guys want to move on to uh, talk about games that we've been playing for the week? Is there anything more that you wanted to say about Circuit Dude specifically before we move on, Holmes? Mm, well, you mentioned it's on Steam. I mean, that it's on eShop and it was released last week. So really, that that was like the main thing that I wanted to make sure people you know hear about. You know, if you like retro puzzle games, uh, it, it really does kind of pull that charm that a game like Chips Challenge has. So if, if you're nostalgic for those kind of games, definitely check it out. Uh, the trailer's on YouTube. You can go to circuitdude.com to kind of see a little bit more info about it before you, you know, make that jump. When Jeremy mentioned it on the show that a, that a game from Ardu Boy was coming to the Switch, I didn't really know what to think about it. Because you see a lot of games on there that look like Game Boy, original Game Boy games, you know, that are put mm-hmm. on there. So I thought maybe it'd be something like that, more of like a black and white thing. But then I, yeah. but when I saw like how, I think I watched a video that even had a comparison, like showing or showed the original one and showed this one. And I was just like, oh, wow. No, it's, they actually, they, you, you updated it. You made it like yeah. more fit into the switch and i was like oh no this is great i'm in i'm in like 100 percent. yeah it's so like it was, a, it's like yeah. an actual like real game like yeah. I, not to say that Artie boy games aren't real games you mm-hmm. know but you know what i mean like Artie boy games are very elementary but this is like an actual like game very reminiscent of the Artie boy version though. yeah I, i'm just i was appreciative that it, it got it got an upgrade you know it wasn't mm-hmm. it was it wasn't putting one on the other like there was obviously time spent in, into it to like remaster it of sorts you know for, yeah. for the switch and all yeah. that and, and I like i said cool. I, w- I went through and like what I, whenever at one point you know before landing on mobile i went through and like really gave it like a huge 2.0 update rewriting a whole bunch of stuff so like there's a lot of love put into it so i, I appreciate that you kind of see that for sure, yeah, no problem. And everybody listening, like, please check it out. Uh, Circuit Dude, it's on the eShop right now. It's four ninety nine. It's it's a great deal, and there's lots of content in in it. From what you're saying, over a hundred levels. So mm-hmm. check that out for sure. And you can make your own levels. And make your own levels. And and we and want, upload yeah. them. Yeah, I was gonna and say and you can, you oh, can cool. share them as well, right? So it has mm-hmm. kind of a somewhat of a Mario Maker. Yeah, kind of like a Mario Maker it. style. Yeah. style. <laughs> all right, you're speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> That's like John's favorite game of all time. <laughs> Super Mario Maker closing 2. in on 800 hours right now. Jeez. Yeah, so somebody <laughs> made a new uh made their own level and sent it to me and this person like is really good with puzzle games mm-hmm. and he's like made custom chip challenge levels and stuff and he he actually messaged me on Twitter and he said, 
check out my level that I made. And I beat it like the first time, the first try. <laughs> it was kind of crushed, but uh, yeah, very fun. If you make a level, guys, please send it to me. Let me know. Oh, for sure. We, I mean, we each, we have a couple, like uh, I've, I made, I made a couple John and Jeremy have, have more levels, I think, or no, we, we all have levels okay. <laughs> and stuff. We can definitely okay, cool. let well, you know. Even, or, even people listening in the audience would be cool to, you know, see more, more levels. For sure, yeah, yeah. We should. We could all like follow each other's uh, switch names and all that stuff after the show. So we normally have a little update, you know, about the world and the and the health crisis and all that stuff at the beginning of our show. I saw you put a little note on there, John. So, and I know things are kind of probably a lot crazier now in your neighborhood than it was last week. Like, I guess the whole Blade yeah. Runner sky and all that has made it made it to L.A. now, right, with the fires? So, I'm, we haven't had the Blade Runner sky, but we've got smoke everywhere. Yeah. Like, um, I haven't seen, I've actually seen the sky proper in about five days. It's just, it's just gray everywhere. You look outside, um, I'm, I'm in Long Beach, California. Like, no clouds? Um, no clouds, no nothing. It's just solid gray. You can't see any definitive features in the sky, but mm. solid gray. Mm. Um I'm in Long Beach, California, which is about 40 miles from the nearest fire, which is the Bobcat Fire around the Glendale, Pasadena area. Um, yeah, I'm 40 miles away, and still the, the the sky is just filled with smoke. So it's something that I've not experienced before. This is really just surreal, and to be going through this at the same time as a pandemic, like yeah, yeah it's, um, it's frightening. It's, it's very weird. I, I stepped outside for the first time in a couple of days today because I had to go get groceries and do laundry and stuff. And I was noticing I was walking, as I was walking down the street, it's just ha- hazy. Like for my apartment, it looks like it's all up there in the sky. Not really like, you know, present around me or whatever. But as I was walking around today, I'm like, no, it's hanging in the streets too. It's just like a, it looks like fog. Your, your, your vision is, I, I can, I can see far away, but it's, it's definitely impacted. Like it's hindered. It's hazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's gone all the way up to like Seattle. It's it's happening there too, and like even oh, yeah. parts of Canada. From what I saw, from like well, friends of Facebook was, and Twitter. The latest I heard yesterday, maybe it was this morning. Um, the smoke has wafted to as far as New York. Like the air quality yeah. is being affected in New York. We oh, were wow. the, the sky yeah. was super hazy here a couple of days ago, and hmm. like they were saying it was from the smoke. Wow! Yeah, so we That's, could get it over well, here. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know where whereabouts you are in the country, Holmes. Uh, Jeremy and I were in Illinois, but mm-hmm. I haven't. I haven't noticed anything per se yet. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty far away from the the fires and stuff. I'm in, over here in Austin, Texas, right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, you're saying like New York, even so, it's like shit. Well, we yeah. might we might mm-hmm. see something here too. I don't know, but yeah, I'm I'm glad you're okay and all that stuff. But it's just yeah. like yeah, everything's everything's been burning for a while, but now it's definitely uh, actually literally burning. You know, and it's mm-hmm. been for weeks. It's ridiculous. But let's talk about something more positive. I guess <laughs> we can move on and talk to talk about our, you know, purchases and what we've been playing for the week and all that stuff. Uh, Holmes, would you like to start off this week and tell us what what you've been doing? I am a huge Tony Hawk fan. Huge Tony Hawk fan. Oh, nice. And I, I, I love like Thug Two is. One of my favorite games of all, like probably my favorite game of all time. Wait, uh, T- Tony Hawk Underground Two was your favorite with all the with all the vehicles and stuff. 
Okay, well, I mean, the vehicles is like nothing. <laughs> Actually, no, vehicles were in Thug One, I think. They they uh, were, but I felt like they just really steered into it in the second one. They were like, yeah, the second one you had like it was like seventy percent like vehicles. Yeah, there was hardly any skating in it. I just I've no. never talked to anybody who liked. I like I personally I, I liked Thug One a lot. But yeah, I, I played, no, Thug, yeah. Thug, Thug Two was a very very solid skate like skating game. I felt like oh, yeah, it yeah. was exactly the same thing as Thug One, but a little uh, a little bit more advanced. And then the the story was goofy and mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah. don't like that and maybe they, it wasn't their style but that was like whenever i was you know however old i was when i was a teenager and viva la Bam was on tv and then he was you know bam margera was in the game so like i i loved it i thought it was great how stupid it was you know uh but i i just all the tony Hawk games in general like i love the mechanics i love the feel uh, of them, I can't skateboard at all. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I do BMX and stuff, but skateboarding I can't do. So playing Tony Hawk feels great. Uh, and then, of course, the new one that just came out, the remaster for one and two, mm-hmm. uh, fantastic. I, I freaking love it. I, I went through and I 100%ed the story mode for both of them in like two days. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's all I'm hearing is that the game is amazing. I'm yeah, really, yeah. It, it, it honestly, it might be the, the, one of the best remakes or remasters of game ever. Uh, Spyro was awesome, but this Tony Hawk game is just fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm really interested in getting it. Uh, you know, I most I mostly play Nintendo stuff because of this show and just because of you know Nintendo. I like Nintendo mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I mean, you, we we all know it's gonna go on. It's gonna be on the Switch anytime soon. So yeah, there was some. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but there, yeah, they they found like some stuff in the they data mined yeah, like it the and controllers saw, and yeah, information. Yeah, like uh, pro controllers in the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like um, you know, like how yeah, when you would reset your your uh, controls, it had like a like a chart like that that, w- that was found uh, in the same. game with the switch controller and that type of stuff in there. So, well, this the switch is like in breaking sales records, you know. Mm-hmm. So if every major game studio is taking it very seriously these days and trying to get their games onto it. Yeah, I heard. I heard recently, like in August, it broke a record that the it broke a Wii record for like most uh, units sold per month of of mm-hmm. August. Like they broke That's a new really, record, so uh, yeah, they're fantastic. still they're still out there, <laughs> still out there doing shit. So yeah, no, it's good to hear that Tony Hawk One and Two is in there. One one good thing I did want to say about Thug Two is uh, that was also when they started bringing back the old Tony Hawk stuff in that game. Like I thought that was cool. Where they oh, where, yeah. you remember they had the story mode, but they also had a mode where you could play like a classic mode, yeah, where you would just yeah. skate around for scores and click skate and all that stuff. And I thought that yeah, was, it was really like the, cool. It was like the arcade mode. But yeah, yeah, super well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of content in that game. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I, I do. I do hand it, hand it to him for that. I like that they were remembering that there were a lot of people that missed the older Tony Hawks, and they kind of wanted it to be less open world and more like how it was. I, we did it. We did a Patreon episode about Tony Hawk a while back, and I played through a lot of the original games, including Tony Hawk Underground One. And uh, it wasn't. I didn't like it as much as I remembered liking it <laughs> the second time around. It was mm-hmm. wasn't as special, but it, it's funny because like in the first like two seconds of the game, like probably within a minute you're already driving a car in the first one and yeah. Tony Hawk Underground 1 and I'm like what is happening and, and the car has like terrible controls and it turns like on a dime really weirdly and they, like they, unrealistically they literally just took like the skateboard code and it was like let's turn up the, they're gonna turn up the speed yeah no I mean why can I, I kickflip this car <laughs> no really in like the first minute of the game you're in a car and I'm like what, the, what okay what is happening like I guess I just really remembered the story of that game and I thought it was really cool but playing yeah. it again I was like this is as good as I thought it was <laughs> you know but whatever um yeah no that's that's good to hear have, have you been playing anything else other than that um 
I've been I've been kind of swamped with work, not gonna lie, um, which is why I was kind of like a, a few moments late. But uh, yeah, it just just Tony Hawk came. Oh, I will say I've been hanging out with a friend, and we've been playing a lot of Crazy Bones. That's not necessarily a, a video game, but uh, if you guys don't know what it is, totally fine. But Crazy Bones are fun. What's Crazy Bones? Is it is it too no. long to explain it, or is it a? <laughs> Have you ever heard of like Jacks? Like you know the 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 playground game where you drop the mm-hmm. ball and you pick up the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jax is actually based off of an like an ancient game from like, like 3,000 years, 4,000 years old. Mm. And um, Crazy Bones is like a 90s remake of that game and uh, where you use plastic figurines and then you, they're like supposed to be collectible. And nobody's like heard of Crazy Bones since like 1997. So it's like mm-hmm. hogs almost of how, how retro it is. Yeah. <laughs> I found out a good friend of mine likes Crazy Bones too. So we, we went on eBay and bought like $200 worth of Crazy Bones and like <laughs> wow. Crazy Bones. You spent Crazy Bones on Crazy <laughs> Bones. Yeah. Wow. I, I think I think this Sunday we're going to stream on Twitch Crazy Bones, which might be the first time anybody's ever done that. What's that a cool. what, what's your what's your Twitch handle? We'll lay it on here on the show so people know. Mm, so so typically on Twitch, what I've been doing is programming and doing like game dev stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a new project that isn't announced yet that I'm going to start straight live streaming. Uh, but here and there, I'll do video games. And uh, so if you're interested, you know, my Twitter is twitter.com slash crate, C-R-A-I-T. That's mm-hmm. kind of the the username that I use for everything. Mm. Unfortunately, it was taken on Twitch. So it's just twitch.tv slash the crate, T-H-E-C-R-A-I-T. Mm. Sure. All one word, the crate. Yeah, all one word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a same thing like a word at Nintendo underscore domain because I couldn't find the straight up Nintendo main, so... Mm-hmm. I understand that, but that is that yeah. is your Twitch channel as right as well, right? The Crate, like Twitch. The Crate, yeah, and YouTube is dot com slash Crate as well. Cool. So. I'll I'll put I'll put a link in the description, and we'll definitely have you tell everyone about it again at the end of the episode. Okay. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem. Well, um, let's. All right. Well, let's talk about what I've been playing for the week. There was a new game that that we were talking about last week that came out called a uh, Hot Shot Racing. Uh, I got that. It's an arcade style racer. It's developed by the people who did the uh, Sonic Racing series, so it's like a Sonic All Star, Sonic and Sega All Star Racing games, and like Team Sonic, that type of thing. Uh, I I really like I like the control of the game. Like it's a uh, it actually controls a lot like Team Sonic in where basically what you do is you drift. Like as you go through the turns, you hit a button to drift, and you kind of like balance your car as you're drifting. And as you're drifting, you build you build like a you basically build a boost meter. So you can boost from like how often you drift. So it wants you to drift all the time to build your boost to, to boost and go faster and all that. And it's really cool. It looks, looks a lot like, um, one of the old, like, uh, what's it? That old Sega game that's like, it's like very low poly. Virtual racing. Yeah. It looks like virtual racing, that type of thing. Yeah. And I have, that's what I thought too. Yeah. I saw the visuals and it, th- it looks like a very pretty version of virtual racing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Team Sonic Racing kind of, kind of does the same sort of thing where you like drift to get boost points like in that game. So it reminded me a lot of that, but it controls really well. Uh, I really like playing it. I've just, as far as I know, there's not a whole lot in there on the single player. That was like only like my big gripe with it was there's like 16, there's like 16 racetracks and three different difficulties and that's it. So I felt like that was kind of, I mean, there's a couple modes that you can do online. There's like a cops first robbers mode, but that's only like, uh, single races. You know, you can't do like a grand prix like that or anything. And it's basically like you're a cop and you're chasing other people in the game and you have to like explode their cars and stuff like that, which is fun. And it's an online mode, but 
I don't know. For some reason, I, I expected there'd be some sort of unlockable. Like, like I got golds on all the normals, and there's no like mirror mode or like additional bonus le- set of tracks or anything like that. So that kind of like that was the main thing where I was like, oh, I just I felt like there's a little bit more from to this, especially coming off of something like um, Horizon Chase Turbo, which I talk about all the time, which has like I don't know, I don't know how many levels are in there, but there's a, there's a shit ton of race tracks in that game. Like that was my big that was my big uh, thing about that game is the single player is so long. Like, it just keeps going and going and going. And if you want to, you can go back and try to get golds on everything. But even, like, in the single player on its own, there's, like, a, a ton of content. And, uh, I don't know, I felt, like, a little let down on the content on this game. But I How still, much did you pay for it? Uh, I think I paid, like, 16 for it. It's on sale for a couple of bucks off. I don't feel like I was robbed or anything. You know, I, I don't, I think the, I think there was a decent price on it. And I had had a lot of enjoyment from it for that. I may have spent more on movies that I've hated a lot, so... You know, it's uh, it could it could be a lot worse. I had a, I mean, I had an instance this week where uh, Jess and I were trying to watch a fucking football game on Monday, and I realized that the only way that we could watch it was to be like get a streaming service that's like seventy dollars a month just to watch, just to get H, just to get ESPN, and there's like no other way to do it. And I ended up accidentally spending five dollars trying to get ESP, ESPN Plus, which doesn't even have NFL on it. So I'm just saying, I've, I've spent money, worse money, on other things <laughs> like like that, which is. <laughs> A story in, in its other self, but whatever. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's good. It's just, I just wish there was more content to it. Unless there's something I'm missing to it. If people have played through it and there is unlockable stuff on there, please let me know. Um, I, I played, I played the uh, harder mode for a while, which is fun, but I always wish that there's more races instead of like hardy, harder difficulties. You know, that's, that's how I feel, but I do recommend it regardless to be, if you're looking for a really fun retro game. Even though I do think uh, it's got nothing on on uh, Horizon Station Turbo, so check out that one for sure. What did you think about the Star Wars pod racing game? Oh, I have did that game. I I like it. It's just really hard, <laughs> but I <laughs> but I'm still I've still been playing it. I've actually played that one off and on, where I'll just play a couple races and try to get through mm-hmm. them. And I did actually I did win a couple. So, but yeah, no, it's difficult. It's just as difficult as I remember it being. But it's really smooth, and it's. Uh, because I I one hundred percent of that, and and I'm thinking about like, what's the next racing game I'm going to pick up? And I've seen some pictures about the, the you know the Hot Shots racing game, and I was like maybe I should take a look at this. And if you're saying it's fun, but just not a lot of content, um, have you, know, you have you played Horizon Chase Turbo? I I never heard of it, and then I okay. googled it real quick, and it looks very very similar. Oh, I was going to say get that game if if, if you're looking <laughs> if you're looking for an arcade arcade style racing game i think i've said it a bunch of times on the show but i think it's the best racing game on the system that isn't okay. mario that isn't mario kart 8 and cool. even and it even does kind of rival mar, rival mario kart 8 as far as single player content goes so and there's well, i have actually never played a mario kart game that i enjoyed so oh, okay yeah and i know i'm in the minority by saying that maybe you guys even hate me for saying it but oh yeah. no <laughs> yeah <laughs> no uh, yeah. but but yeah if, if it's a fun arcade game arcade racer yeah no it's it's great i, I like it a lot it's very much it's one of those games where you don't really break a whole lot. It's all about like weaving in between cars and stuff like that. I thought it was mm. cool. Like I really enjoyed it a lot. I think it was like my number nine favorite game of the year, and I still feel bad about about putting it so low on my list because mm-hmm. I hadn't played enough. And the more I played of it, I was like, damn, it should have been higher. Like I should have put it mm-hmm. like it should have been like a seven or a six, I think at least on that list. So I, I, yeah, I, I still feel bad about that. But no, it's it's a game I talk about way too much on here. It's it's a great game. It's a great game. I have it too. Um, I haven't played it as much as Trey, but what would you say? It's like Outrun. That's like what it gets compared to a lot. Uh, it, it looks like Outrun, but it doesn't play like Outrun. It doesn't play like Outrun. Yeah. 
I mean, outrun is just, there's no laps. You're just like going until you run out of time. Mm-hmm. There's no like time limit thing on this. This is still like a certain amount of laps, but there's, there's interesting stuff in there. You have like boosts that you can collect as, as you go. Uh, you, you can run out of gas also. There's gas that you collect on the, on the racetrack, which is different. That's something you don't normally see. And one of my favorite things is like when you unlock something, like an upgrade, it, it works for all of the cars that you have. So you don't have to like upgrade each car individually. It's just everything goes to, Whatever cars. And when you get to challenge stuff later, they'll, they'll like take some of the upgrades away or they'll only let you use specific cars and stuff like that. And there's like campaigns, online campaigns that you can play for free that are changed, that change like almost every month. Plus they have DLC stuff on there. If you pay a couple, a couple extra dollars, there's more races you can get from there and like extra cars that you can unlock and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff to do on the game. So it's a lot of fun, but what else I've been playing? Uh, I was trying, I've been trying really hard to beat Xenoblade chronicles definitive edition um i'm in like 75 hours now into it something like that 75 76 hours i i got to i'm on like chapter 15 there's 17 chapters in the whole game i got to pretty much what i thought was a boss and all of a sudden i hit like a major wall last night because i because the boss was like way too hard and they killed my guys in one hit like all three of them so uh and I'm kind of to the point where I'm like, oh shit, now I have to go grind. And I've done all of the sub, sub quests that I've ever seen in the game. So I have no sub quests to do. So it's kind of annoying. So I, I basically have to go grind, which I hate doing, especially in games that I'm, where I'm really interested in the story like this one. So that's kind of where I'm at on that. But I, I was really hoping to finish it before Super Mario 3D All Stars comes out in a couple of days. So I'm still working on that. Uh, tonight I'm going to go back and do some of the Colony 9 stuff, try to get, try to get more, uh, more uh, experience points on that and maybe I can go through and finish it. But I mean, I still, I still like the game a lot. It's just, and I even, I even looked at a guide for the first time ever. I haven't looked at a guide the whole time I've been playing this game. And it says that there's a part in the game where this difficulty like spikes. And I think that's where I'm at. So and we've had some feedback from people about the Xenoblade and all that, you know, feel free to comment on the Nintendo main community or uh, through the Facebook or Twitter or whatever. And let me know any strategies to get through to get through that part if you want um i, I played S- spellbreak uh streamed it last week that's the it's like kind of like Fortnite, but you have magic powers it's actually a really good game i think everybody should play it it's totally free i feel like they kind of fixed a lot of the stuff that annoyed me in uh in Fortnite in there and plus you have you know you have magic powers so you can shoot people and i actually have won three times on that so far which i never won any of the Fortnite ones so that's pretty cool so if anybody doesn't believe me, you can check out our Twitch and see and see it on there. But no, I, I was I was playing around with that some more. It's been good. Uh, it's kind of it's getting to the. I noticed that it's like you know it's almost we're almost into October, so we only have a few months left of the year. So I've been trying to like plan out my game purchases like through the rest of the year. So I've been thinking a lot about that lately. You know, because we're getting close to like the end of the year, and I have to figure. You know, we always do like game of the year lists and all that stuff. So I've been trying to figure out that stuff mostly. I mean, I know there's 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 Mario Mario All Stars. I'm really not sold on the Hyrule Warriors game yet, so I haven't really put that on my list of stuff to get. But I'm trying to, I'm still trying to hopefully get like Trails of Cold Steel three, which is the game I really wanted to get, and like, and and also like, uh, was it um Ease Origins is coming out next month as well. So I'm trying to like just build build like a chart of what I'm going to play like through the end of the year and try to get to everything. And plus there's you know, how I wanted to play some Halloween games for the stream and all that. So that's kind of what I've been thinking of mostly aside from playing Xenoblade Chronicles. So, so that's pretty I'm, much. I'm glad Circuit was on your list. 
Yeah, and Circuit Dude, of course. We we uh, we've been playing. <laughs> I've been playing that as well for for this for this episode. But we talked about it a good amount earlier. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a good one to to just pop onto and you know play for a while. And it's it's also one of those things that I forgot to mention. The other one, it has those levels where like you might you play it for a while and it might like kind of bug you, but you could just stop playing and then you keep thinking about it and then you come back and go through it and can work your way through it, which is very mm-hmm. cool. But uh, yeah, no, that's good for me. Jeremy, what do you got? Well, yeah, first and foremost, of course, Circuit Dude. I did want to mention, I forgot to mention earlier that uh, when I first started playing it, uh, Shauna, my partner, came up and was like, hey, I want to try that. That looks fun. And she played it for a little while, too. So we actually ended up like playing through a few levels together, like kind of being like, well, no, try that, you know, like so. Mm-hmm. That was pretty fun. Um, she did want to mention, she's like, well, tell him that I was really, really alarmed the first time. I use the uh, self-destruct feature because she oh, used yeah. it and like the <laughs> controller vibrated. And I don't think she'd had that happen with a game mm. that we played on the switch before. So she's like, what, what was that? <laughs> like, well, you just killed yourself. So the <laughs> controller let you know that yeah, was, so it, it's a fun game. It's uh, yeah, it's very approachable. Like you said, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily call it casual, but mm-hmm. once you sort of see how it works, you're like, wait a minute, I can do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> approachable is a good, a good word for that. Yeah, it's more. That's uh, the other thing that reminded me of Lolo is that you have a suicide button in the game. Yeah, yeah. I think that's only two games now that I've played that have a suicide button. <laughs> I think that's really cool. Like that, that in Lolo. Uh, speaking of, uh, this reminded me of when you're talking about the the vibration of it. Uh, a couple weeks ago, like my, I have I've been using the Apex Doe Pro controller a lot, and it, so much that I kind of broke the controller to where the buttons don't come up anymore. So I've so I've gone back to using my regular Nintendo Pro controller. And that has the HD rumble, and I forgot how loud it is. And actually, for Hot Shot Racing, I went into the options and turned down the rumble because the rumble was so fucking loud that I, that I just turned it down to low. Because even on like, and even on handheld on the system, my system was like loud, like it was vibrating like so freaking loud. Was it doing like the squealy, like almost like sound like a drill, like just vibrating way too much? It was just really loud. It wasn't like making yeah. noises like it, like the HD rumble can do, but it was just like. It was annoying me, and I was pretty sure it was annoying. It was annoying my wife as well. So I just turned it. I turned it <laughs> down because I'm like, this is too much. Like I don't need this. So I just remembered that 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 I also noticed that the rumble was fucking out of control on uh, Hot Shot Racing. So thankfully there was an option where you could turn it. We could turn it down because it was. Well, I think the rumble is well, way too much well here because you're murdering yourself. So yeah, it's a good time to to vibrate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, other than Circuit Dude, I've been playing a lot of Moon. Um, actually, let me say, I, of course, I've been playing Moon, but I'll talk about the other stuff real quick. Uh, I got into Ring Fit again this week, but I, pl- I played two days of it, but maybe we'll talk about it later. But we're talking about maybe getting into like sort of like talking about our fitness games that we play. But yeah, I've just w- wanted to mention that I played it a couple times and still makes me sweat. It's still, it's still definitely a, a workout. So definitely still recommend a Moon, especially in times like these where going to a gym is very iffy. But yeah, I beat a couple games. I beat uh, Mario. One on all stars, if that if that counts, I don't know if it counts. I've played that I've played through that game so many I, times. I counted it. Counts. <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay, well I beat uh, it, and I beat uh Donkey Kong Country as well. Yeah, on the uh, on the uh, Nintendo or the yeah, SNES online. So yeah, well, I can never beat that as a kid. Well, you got uh, the Re- rewind feature rewind feature really helps. So <laughs> if you want, it can help you out. Yeah, I've mainly only used it on games I've beaten already, and I just kind of want to like. You know, I'm just having a nostalgia trip playing through it. Like I'm doing it with Mario Three now, where I'm just yeah. like, I just want to see every level, kind of like you last week, Trey. You said you did, or a few weeks ago. Yeah, no warps. 
yeah, just going through no. and seeing all the levels and no warp whistles. Uh, I've forgotten in uh, the All Stars version of Mario Three, since you can save, you can actually like have a bunch of whistles. You can fill up your inventory with whistles mm. if you like save on the first or the uh, second worlds. Oh, really? And so I have can, like so yeah. I have like five whistles now, which is kind of hilarious. So you can go back and get the whistle again. Is what you're saying? Yeah, if you save, but then don't beat the uh, castle at the end of the level, then you restart and all the items come back. So you could also abuse oh. that and get a bunch of like Hammer Brothers suits or hmm. P-Wings or stuff like that if you really wanted to. Yeah, I ended up with like three or four Hammer Brothers suits, but that was just for playing it regular. Like we never really yeah. stopped and came back. And even when we stopped playing and came back, it was through the save state. So we didn't really reload through the actual game. But yeah, uh, love, lo- yeah, I just love that the Super Nintendo is on here and I can just like, you know, uh, it's kind of a thing I do in the background maybe while I'm doing something else. SNES is fun. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. There's a little bit of news, but that's just a little bit of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, Blackbird, love that game. Still playing it. I finally figured out how to sort of like uh, stock up, if you want to call it that. Like, there's these power ups you can get, and there's a few of them per level. And I figured out how to always like you can shoot it to change it to something else. So I've got it to where I'm like on the first level, I'll just like get all extra energy, and so now I can get a lot further. More well, more consistently, I can get further because I've got a bunch more hit points. So that's kind of a fun little thing I discovered this week. So I've been trying to play a little bit more, but I still haven't gotten as far as I got the one time where I think I'm. If I'm not at the final boss, then it's got to be one of the final bosses because you're in space and it's like bigger than a planet or whatever. But Blackbird still still great game. It's definitely going to be in my game of the year. I'm, I can see it now, or not the game of the year, but in my list. Sure. Yeah. Or who knows? Maybe if I beat it, I'll, I'll change my mind. Um, <laughs> played a little more Rayman Legends. That's just a fun game, like a fun little platformer. You know, I love platformers. I play a lot of them. It's really good one too. Yeah, and it looks really nice. I like it's that game. It's super. A lot. It's super pretty. Uh, so wait, which just, which which Rayman game? Did a new one come out? It, no, this one's been out for a little while. It's it's an older one that was uh, that was on Wii U and it was uh, ported to Switch at the very beginning of the Switch launch, I think. But it yeah. was on sale for like seven dollars, and it's like a full, you know, it's like a full sixty dollar game, or it was yeah. at one point. So there's a lot but of which, stuff. What in is there. it called? Rayman Legends. Oh, Rayman Legends. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super duper polished, like yeah, it's just really beautiful. Like mm-hmm. it's got that old school like. Uh, sprite feel but everything's just so well animated and, yeah know. it's a really beautiful game actually i saw somebody working on this game on youtube and they showed like oh we're developing the game and they have like you know it looks like it's the game is on their screen but then they like push a button and then like it zooms out and it does this thing where like all the layers like like oh yeah separate, and then like it goes like side like like 3d mm-hmm. blew my mind at the time i was like whoa that's what game developers do all day that's awesome oh yeah no that tons of layers on top of each other yeah that'd, that'd be cool i don't see that it look cool Explore. yeah that game's beautiful yeah rayman legends is a great game um i won't get into it. i know ubisoft's had some controversy lately but uh i just bought the game because it's a good game mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty much it other than of course the game i've been playing the heck out of lately which is moon yeah what, what what do you think about it now that you beat it what are your what are your final impressions yeah i beat it i beat it which i did say at the top of the show um it's one of the one of my favorite games in recent memory for sure i've said it time and time again but to think that this came out in two or in 97 it just feels like it could be it just makes sense in today's market 
mm-hmm. everything about it. It's how weird it is. And um, I ended up having to use a guide. I wasn't super proud of it, but once I started using the guide, I'm like, yeah, there's no way I could have not used a guide. Some of that stuff's that you got to do in there is crazy. Um, yeah. Which is like, I guess I've heard like old adventure games are like that. And this is like, a, yeah, what I read someone say, it's like, an, or maybe you said it, Trey, it's an adventure game that takes place in an RPG world. Yeah, I, I think I said it was a point and click game with with level with, where you can level up because I didn't feel like it was an RPG at all, even though it, it, tries, read to, that somewhere else it tries to advertise itself as an RPG. Well, that's that's kind of why I haven't played it. It says it's an anti-RPG. It doesn't say it is an RPG. Oh, well, it's definitely an anti-RPG because it's not an RPG. So it is. <laughs> it's the, like, it wrote, the, the, it wrote yeah. the formula for the anti-RPG. Well, uh-huh. at least as far as I know, there might yeah. be something smaller out there that did it further back, but... Uh-huh. Uh, it's great. I everything about it's so charming. The characters, you know, we've we've mentioned it before, but it's got a little bit of like a Majora's Mask thing happening where everybody's got their routines, and uh-huh. their interactions with each other, and you can get people to like dish on each other by asking them questions about other characters. And uh, so once I started using the guide this week, though, it definitely just opened up the game. So first thing I did was like anything we had talked about last week. I kind of went back, like, stuff that you had done, Trey, that I uh-huh. hadn't tried yet. I was like, well, now that I know to do that, I'll go back and do that. So one of the first things I did was go see the guy perform in the throne room, uh-huh. which was hilarious. Yeah. Like, that scene is just, I was laughing so hard. And I'm like, whoa, that's Freddie Mercury. He was totally Freddie Mercury. Yeah. He had the, everything about it. He had the mustache. He had the like the the, the poses he was doing. And the uh, he had the half mic stand. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know that Freddie Mercury always carried around, and oh yeah, it was ninety seven too. Like, hadn't he just like died then? Like around that time, I, there yeah, was like a whole 91. lot of yeah. He died ninety one, but was it, it was still okay. pretty fresh? I'd say this, this game is Moon that you're talking about. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Like people, this is like a, a Japanese RPG, right? JRPG. Or yeah, RPG. it's it kind is of a, RPG, <laughs> right? But it's right there. It came out in ninety seven. It came out in like during the golden age, and it's people in Japan and Korea, like that part of Asia, loves the love love that band and freddie mercury oh okay yeah Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well further i got into it the more i realized there are a lot of rock star references in it and Uh it's kind of like you know playing through well uh playing through like chrono trigger and like flea and slash and stuff are mentioned in there Uh and like it's gone (laughs) and there's people that worked on chrono trigger that worked on this too so it kind of makes sense that that rock influence like because they Later on, there's some souls uh, that are named like, uh, there's one named Jimmy, J-I-M-I, and he plays guitar. And uh, who else? Oh, uh, Beck. There's actually what's someone called Beck. Oh, wow. like a DJ or something. (laughs) That was made before they knew he was a Scientologist. Right. Well, they might not have cared. (laughs) Uh, Who else? I had had it up here. Oh, well. Anyway, oh, Keith, like Keith Morrison. uh, Morrison, I figured that's uh, an an Eric. It's probably Eric Clapton, you know. So there's just like a lot of these these sprites that otherwise had these crazy weird names, these uh-huh. monsters. And then all of a sudden in this section where it's, uh, they're all musicians, they all are named after rock characters. So what well, it also, I mean, also it could have been, it could have been some sort of influence from like what you were saying, like Mario three with all the Koopalings that were mostly mm-hmm. named after rock stars and such. And, and of course the, the, what the Resnor, uh, Ryan Ross. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> from super Mario world. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Nine inch nails getting dro- name dropped in the, yeah, so I mean, a rock, a rock influence has been in a lot of games, like especially around that time. So it makes sense. 
but super cool. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I went through and I, I was just having a great time. You know, I, I would look at the guide, but I wouldn't like explicitly follow it. I'd just be like, okay, well, this kind of tells me to go here and do this. But eventually there was just some stuff in there that, you know, yeah, there's no way I would have figured it out anytime soon without just bumbling around trial and error, clicking everything, using every item on everything. Like that's probably what they wanted you to do back in the day, but that sort of design's frustrating in, uh-huh. in these modern times. And the games don't really do that anymore as much. Well-designed games don't do that, I should say. I mean, what what I kind of got from it and what a lot of point-and-click games, I think, like, probably one of the reasons that I don't like them as much is that it, it wants you to, like, live in that world. Like, it wants you to just, like, just look at every cran- look look at every nook and cranny and try all these different things. And, you know, they want it to be, like, your only game for, like, I don't know, for two months or however long it would take you to get through it. And it has been. Yeah. In a lot of ways, yeah. for like the month, month and a half I've played it. So I did, I did blaze through the end part. You know, I was at like level twenty-two or twenty-three when I finally started using the guide. So I, I read you can beat it when you're at level twenty-three. So I was already close to at least meeting the level cap to beat it. But there's specific things you have to do to trigger the ending. So a lot of stuff was kind of obscure. I don't know if I would have figured it out anytime yeah. soon, but. Do you have to sit through like multiple days to get to the ending? Is that why uh, you need your level to be so high? The ending is crazy long. Yeah. I mean, but you know, like when you level up in the game, it's basically like how long you can, how much longer your character character can like stay alive. Cause you know, you die and there's a game over. I will say the, you run the out ending of, yeah. reminds me a little bit of when you fly to the island, just take that and make it exponential. That's what I was wondering. Cause yeah, the island, you have to be able to last for like two days without dying to get there. But so I don't know how yeah. much the level had to do with that. Maybe it did, but you know, I'm at level 28 now, which mm-hmm. I'm a uh, president of love. Oh, here's president. Is my, is my, that's my, uh, uh, my level. So, um, you can get to level 30 and I figure this out from the, the guide. So yeah. 30, I think is the, the maximum you can get by completing everything. So mm-hmm. I'm really close. There's only four souls that I haven't saved. I've saved all before. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and beat it you know because i can now so i went and i beat it and i made the wrong decision and there's a thing you can do where you can get a bad ending and i did it wrong the first time oh you got the bad ending so there's multiple endings yeah sort of there's two Uh. as far as i know uh and it gives you a really heavy clue and i still was too like what i don't know like i didn't want to look at the guy to tell me what to do and i made the wrong decision Uh. but it was fine because i went back to it and I was like, you know, I, I looked at the guy there like, you're supposed to do this. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't do that. I mean, it, it was a very binary thing at that point. You know, I made the wrong one out of two decisions and I made the wrong one. So I went to go back and play it again. And it took me, I think, 25 minutes from the end, the start of the ending sequence to get back to that point where I could make that choice again. So the ending is really long. There's a lot. Um, is it long like Final Fantasy VI long, like half hour ending or longer? Well, I mean, the end, I guess I'm calling it the ending because since this game isn't like a, an RPG in the true sense, it's not just like the, the post final battle. I'm not referring to that as the end. The end is like a whole sequence of events where you travel, but it's almost entirely cinematic. You, mm. It's minimally interactive. You do a few little things here and there, a little bit like maybe like Metal Gear Solid, kind of like oh yeah, like Metal Gear like, Solid, here, too. all the stuff, and then yeah. you like go over here and do this, and it's like and here's a whole bunch more stuff, you know, yeah, twenty minutes of cutscenes, and then press press. The but X they're really button. cool. The music is fantastic. The voices just continue to 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 
delight me and make me laugh like just the different voices of all the characters and uh, the end of the the end of the game is a, a total mind mind fuck i guess so hmm. it, it, it does mess with your head at the end i kind of expected it would but yeah um and then it's got a really awesome credit song and uh like the credits you know without writing too much but like the credits are like the characters from the game in real world settings so they like have photo backdrops with the characters like oh nice photoshopped or whatever kind of into them and and it's really kind of charming how they've done that and sort of like you know like the end of mario when you're seeing all the different uh mario world you're seeing all the different enemies you fought it's a little bit of the same kind of feeling where you're like oh i remember that oh i remember that guy i remember that guy so it's a cool ending and i'm glad i got to see the good ending because i was worried that the bad ending was the only ending Oh because yeah. It, it literally just said the end and that was it. And then I had to reset the game. Like you can't restart from there. You have to actually reset it. Mm. So yeah, I beat moon and I feel pretty good about it. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back and try to get the rest of the souls and see if it changes anything about the ending, but I don't think it does. Mm. So yeah, moon, I'd still highly recommend it. There's no other game quite like it other than like people have said a little bit undertale, but only more in the tone of the game and not so much in actual how mm. the game works. Sure. Yeah, it's definitely. I, I know last week John was asking like if it was any, if it was similar to Earthbound, and I definitely don't think it's like Earthbound at all. Like personally, if somebody was looking for something like Earthbound, they would be disappointed because it's not really like that. Just at think all. of a point-and-click game yeah. with a mouse, except you're actually walking around with the character and yeah. doing different things, and really do feel more and more like that's the case. The more I played of it, mm-hmm. uh, I was sort of in denial at first, but that's really what it is. And once you see the walkthrough and what you have to do for some of the like objects using different objects in different places mm-hmm. it's just like an adventure game for sure but you still like it it's a you oh, i love it you're coming off of it more positively than you were of uh that other game the <laughs> oh the yeah Paper I mean, Mario. i'm still glowing yeah. just like the, like i said that last song i mean i don't know if you want to wait till you actually beat the game tray but i think you'll like the last song like you probably would want to play it i mean i already have i downloaded the soundtrack it's like super, way, way before the game was re-released so i've already listened to a lot of it uh-huh and there's, I put a little clip of it on my Twitter if anyone wants to check it out. But I just put a little clip of the credits because I do that more for Trey's sake so that I can prove that I beat a game. <laughs> yeah, because we've been doing that with our. You didn't. You didn't hashtag uh, beat of the week though. No, it's it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> no, we we've been. I've been doing that for credits and stuff like since the quarantine happened, just to let everyone know that we beat games and stuff. Oh yeah, but one final thing I did and. Um, we had a listener, uh, uh, Ben. He was on our show, uh, Ben Stockton. He was a guest that we had. Yeah, yeah. I, I just remember seeing it in the in that someone was, and I like clicked it really fast. I'm like, what? These are on sale, so I didn't really read it like super well. But yeah, I bought the both the Bioshock and the Borderlands collections um, for thirty bucks a piece from Target. So that was my like big purchase of the week huh. uh, on a game, or you know, big purchase for a while actually, probably. It's a lot of games, so I figure I'm getting a whole collection of 3D Mario games this week. Might as well get these shooters that I really like to play. And I don't really have any FPSs on my Switch that I play uh. on the regular. You know, Doom a little bit, but not the new Doom, but, you know, the Doom 64 and stuff. So I kind of am looking forward to being able to play Bioshock through Bioshock again on uh, the Switch. And I never did play Bioshock 2, so looking forward to that. And I never, I played a little bit of Borderlands, but I never really got into it. So I just, Want to give it another chance? It would be a fun game to try to to play online. Like if we could, mm-hmm. I'm wondering how good the, if there is like an online community there. But either way, we could still play it. It's it's cool that I mean it's thirty dollars. That's like twenty dollars off what it was originally released at, as fifty each for those collections. Mm-hmm. 
And it's not a bad deal. One thing to know is that both of those games do have you do still have to download stuff to play oh, yeah, to play I the physical and I, and I read that yeah. after I purchased them. Yeah. But at this point it's just like whatever, like I'm trying to build up a little bit more of a physical collection and I don't know. Like that sort of thing is is a is a strong argument for going all digital when there's stuff like this where you're like, well, I just want it to be self contained because And it's not, yeah. If it depends upon access to to a server to update it or to get the rest of the content someday I won't be able to do that anymore. So is having the physical version doesn't even matter. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you just have to have it downloaded and never Mm -hmm. deleted, you know, which is a whole nother discussion, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but I I still, I don't know. I think it's cheaper than I would have gotten them through the Mm eShop even when they're on sale and stuff. So yeah, they haven't been that, they haven't been that low yet. It's only been like 40, I think, or no, was it 35? I don't know. I think at, yeah. at one point you could get like a Bioshock Infinite for 20, I think, by itself. So I figured that's the cheapest I'd seen that. And then to get the other two games for 10 more, I'm into it. I mean, that's what that's what it is regularly. That was the regular price was buying oh, each was of it? them. You could buy them separately for 20 or you could buy all of them for 50. Okay. Is how it was. So, And they were on sale recently. Single for 15 is how they had it, where you could buy each one for 15 or you could buy the whole thing for like 40 or something like that. So I think that was how low it was on the on the eShop so far. I, I, I keep thinking about it because I do really like Bioshock, but I still have all those games for PlayStation 3. So yeah. it's like if I really want to play them, I can for free. I so have all it's of them. Kind of, yeah. Well, actually, no, I only have Infinite. I don't have the first or the second one. So. Oh, okay. Because uh, what was it? Uh, PlayStation 3 Infinite came with, with Bioshock 1. So... That was mm-hmm. cool. So you got two games in one on that. And also, I bought Bioshock 2 for PlayStation 3, whatever. So even though I think I might have sold that one, so I might not have that one anymore. But, but yeah, no, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad that you guys, uh, that you, that Ben's uh, post to our to our community helped, yeah, thanks, helped ben. you out there. So. Yeah, now I've got a bunch of shooters. And I'm not, I don't always play a lot of shooters, but I love all the Bioshock that I played, the first and third ones. Yeah. Are the ones I've played all the way through. So looking forward to trying two out. Yeah, no, two's cool. I, I like two. It's a shame that they don't have the online multiplayer, which I thought was fun. Also, even though a lot of people didn't like it, I thought it was cool for two. But yeah, that's pretty much it for me this week. Okay. Well, I bought All Stars uh, largely thanks to us talking about it last week and you know, about the scarcity, and you know, I do want to get it physical. So and finally, it's... I was just laying there thinking about it one day and like, all right, hit the button, do it. Yeah, and I think I think it's already on Friday. I think it's already un- not available at like Best Buy and Walmart and Target and various places as of right now. So made the made the right move because if you yeah, if anybody waited on it, they're already disappearing. And you know, people are of course trying to like you know take it and flip it and all that bullshit. You know, that's happens here. People are trying to buy it and sell it for more expensive. So I've seen it selling for higher on Amazon already, even though it's not even out. So yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah, I bought it from Best Buy, and uh, looking forward to playing that on Friday. I think I'm going to play. Uh, I was trying to decide which one I was going to play first. Well, it's going to be Mario 64 because Galaxy is still, even though it's been what, 13 years, it's still kind of fresh in my mind. Yeah, it's been a long time since I played 64, so I'll play that first, and then Sunshine. I've actually never played through really. I mean, the, the, my only experience, my only experience with with that game was uh, when I tried it, basically. I think at your house, Trey. Oh, yeah. So I don't have a lot of experience with it, and I'm someone who likes to play on the original console. So if anything, I think this is going to inspire me to actually buy a GameCube copy of this eventually. Mm-hmm. I might give it a try and then and you know try it for 20 minutes or something, 
but I'm going to buy a GameCube copy. That's yeah. my plan. I think those are, from when I saw those are going for like 60 right now. Probably part I looked of it up. this. So there was, yeah. the lowest I found it was like 35. Oh, okay. When, when we were talking about, by the way, this is something we were wrong about last week. When we were talking about a uh, Mario 3D World on Wii U and how it was never a select, that's not true. Actually, it is, it was a select. Okay. It was re-released for 20. So you can actually, if you really wanted to get Mario 3D World for Wii U, John, you can buy it like for like $7. Physical. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get that too. It's so cheap. Like I looked it on eBay, and it's super fucking cheap. Also, uh, if you're interested at all, Hyrule Warriors for Wii U is dirt cheap too. Like I found one for like five dollars, physical for, for the Wii U, and the Switch one is like a hundred. So it's crazy. Like it's because the <laughs> Switch is like the ultimate edition or whatever. That one's like through the charts, but the Wii U one is like nothing. So yeah, so you can get it for really really cheap if you if you want to. You know, it's gonna yeah, be like um, less than ten dollars. I'm probably just going to wait for the, you know, the Hyrule Warriors, like, and I felt kind of so-so about that, kind of tepid about that whole series until this one. That This one, what has me wanting to get the game is that it looks exactly like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I suspect that it's going to play more like a Zelda game. So I don't really have a whole lot of interest in the previous ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, other stuff that I've been doing um i finished season one of mythic quest the, the tv show on the apple tv plus about the game development studio and i really like that show anybody who's got apple tv i recommend that show it's really funny it's um if you like uh, silicon valley it's sort of in that vein but it is its own thing it's a really funny show huh. check that out um and if you just want to try it you don't have apple tv they do do a free trial so you can check out that show you can watch it all in a week during the free trial i don't know has anybody else seen that show i've not Holmes, have you seen that show no no i don't have apple tv that's like the one okay. service i don't have it's a i think you get it somewhat like because i have apple tv on my phone but you know because they're being jerks i can't chromecast it through my tv so i have no interest in watching anything on my phone so i just yeah. haven't watched anything through there even though i do seem to have it but yeah, if I can't play through the TV, then I have then yeah. fuck it. I don't want it. <laughs> I, I watch most. I watch most mostly just YouTube. I watch like four hours of YouTube a day. <laughs> right there with you. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. You might be interested. It's, it takes place inside a game development studio. They're making a mm-hmm. a massively multiplayer online role playing game. Yeah, when yeah. you mentioned it, I kind of looked it up briefly. Yeah, yeah, that sounds actually kind of interesting. But I, I'd have to look into like how else I could watch it. Or what what the options are? Yeah, it's only it's only on Apple TV Plus, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I say whatever hoops you got to jump through to get it. I think that that service is like five dollars a month, even if you want to do a month of it, it'd be worth yeah, it. Yeah, and I have a Roku. I think you can actually let's see. I, I have a Roku, and I love it. I wonder if you can actually watch Apple stuff on Roku. I figured that they would be make you only use Apple TV because that seems like something they would do. Yeah, but I but I know I've seen the Apple icon yeah. on their store. Okay, I just looked it up. You can watch Apple TV on Roku, which oh, okay. sounds like a competitor, right? But I don't know. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I can't figure out how to Chromecast it, but whatever. This morning, I, I woke up and I found a $20 charge on my card from Nintendo. And oh, no. I got really confused because I thought, well, what have I bought recently? Well, I bought Circuit Dude, and but I didn't pay $20 for it. And I thought I thought maybe what happened was that maybe I accidentally put a twenty dollar credit on my account instead of buying mm-hmm. you know, just the game, and 
that wasn't the case. You know what happened was I completely forgot Nintendo Switch Online. Nintendo Switch Online, yeah, that <laughs> renewed. Yes. You know, again, it's like such a afterthought that it, spending twenty dollars on the service, like I completely forgot about mm-hmm. spending twenty bucks. Oh so, no, the same thing happened to me, and I and for a second I mm-hmm. thought I was hacked, but then I but then I went on the eShop and looked, and I'm like, oh yeah, auto renewal, and it just happened mm-hmm. like a couple of days ago. So I was like, oh shit, yeah, get to look out for that stuff. <laughs> That's why they sweeten the deal with announcements. Yeah, yeah. Which we'll talk about. Um, if that's all you've been playing, let's take a real quick break and then we'll talk about the sure. news. Hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! Wow! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and hey, Mario, let go. Whoa. 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 He's throwing us back to the show. So long, gay Bowser. Ah! Ah, patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Game over. Okay, so so we're back here, and uh, yeah, let's just talk about let's talk about the releases really quick for this week, as we normally do, as we start this this part of the show. Uh, yeah, there there was a Nintendo Mini Direct actually 
announced for tomorrow for a well Thursday, you know, we, anybody who's listening to the show knows that we record on Wednesdays. So we're, we're going to pick up that next week. So sorry that we won't have anything to talk about, about it this week. Next week will be our Super Mario All-Stars episode. And actually David Walker asked me in particular to come back and talk about it. So he'll be coming back to talk to us about that. So that'll be cool. Look forward to that. And we'll talk about the mini then with him. So there's that. Thanks for putting that on there to remind me. I almost forgot about it. Okay. Um, so new games this week. There's a, this game called Fight Crab that I've kind of been looking at. It looks, it's kind of like Fall Guy ish, I guess, or um, you know, like it has like the weird, weird controls. You're like a crab with giant arms fighting people with lightsabers, or whatever. It looks, it looks ridiculous. You use different stuff to fight fight each other. It's uh, twenty dollars. It's just one I kind of had my eye on. I'm probably not going to get it, but right as of right now, but. I definitely marked it, you know, for if anybody's looking for a zany fighter type game that's on there. Another one that I will be getting because of the super awesome price point. Uh, there's this game called Super Punch Patrol, which is basically a beat 'em up in the style of Gunman Clive, and it's actually made by the developer. I found it through Twitter, like from the developer has been posting it and asking people to retweet his post. And then he's oh, giving, it is and he's, the, okay. Yeah, and he's giving that away really cool. He's giving away free codes, free random codes to anybody who retweets it or whatever. So that's how I found it. What's what's the game called? Super Punch Patrol. That's what it's called. It's uh yeah, it's um it's by the same guy who did Mech Extermination Force <laughs> and Gunman Clive, and it basically looks like a you know final fight in the Gunman Clive style. And it's only four ninety nine, and it comes out on Thursday. So I'm really excited anyone about that. anyone who doesn't know what the Gunman Clive style is, kind of like a sketchbook, like mm-hmm. almost like it was drawn. So it's very, very cool. Very stylish. It's very aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take on me for sure. Yeah, so I'm excited about that one. We'll talk about more of it next week, of course. For some reason, my... You know, I've not mentioned before on the show, but my time is like so fucked up right now that I don't really know. I feel like the only reason that I look at dates is because of like video game releases, really, because what do they matter anymore? They don't. But mm-hmm. but for some reason, I thought today was the 17th. So I thought the direct had already happened. I thought this game was already out. I was like, oh, cool. I'll watch this. I'll play that punch game. And nope, I was completely wrong. It was, that was a day off. So everything is... <laughs> Continuing to be the the time soup, as I've started to call it. It's all just kind of blended together. Good description. Yeah. But everything, uh, aside from that, uh, that that WWE game is coming out, 2K Battlegrounds. I actually watched some of the footage. IGN posted some early footage of it. Sounds like it's kind of more like Smash Brothers than like uh, Fire Pro Wrestling, which I don't know. I'm still not really sold on it. And plus the game is like $40, so... It's hard for me to just kind of just throw out that kind of money for a game that I might not even like. So interesting that it's not a full price game. Yeah, but it's it, it's not a full price game, but it's also like forty. I don't know from the look of it. You know, I, I don't. You know, I don't want to say like anything's worth any less or more. But I mean, I, for me, it kind of looked like because it's like a two key or like two K, like a the two K um, the the basketball games. I felt like those were like twenty when they came out or less or thirty maybe. I don't know. But there is there is like a huge roster on there, and there is a lot of wrestlers from like WCW and like old WWF, and even people who are on AEW now that are in that, which did intrigue me. So I don't know. I'm kind of waiting for reviews on that. But I did find it really interesting that they're releasing it the same day as Super Mario 3D All Stars. But given they probably didn't know, you know, as like we were talking to Holmes about, it's uh, you know, that how how difficult it is to get through 
get through to Nintendo and all that. Maybe mm-hmm. they probably planned it way in advance and they didn't even know. Like 3D All-Stars was just announced like last yeah. week. So, you know, <laughs> they probably had no idea. But yeah, going through the process myself, you know, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of respect for the companies that like release their games on a set date and they know the date like way in advance because they have to be like on top of their call to like get the games approved by all these platforms mm-hmm. and then uh, way ahead of time to make sure that there's nothing stopping from meet, meeting that date. And I think actually it's probably why a lot of games are doing like day one patches because it's easier to, to get the game approved way early mm-hmm. and then patch it later on. For sure. But, yeah. And even like, uh, what was it? We were talking to the guys who did uh liberated and like they had gotten on, they had been on, they were on a direct even. So, you know, that's, but they didn't have it, but there wasn't a date on the direct. It just kind of randomly came out. So there's that other side of it too, where it's like you get, you get on a big Nintendo direct and it says like coming fall 2020 or whatever. And I had completely forgotten. I had forgotten about the game, you know, and then it, and then it just kind of randomly came out and I, you know, got in touch with the guy through, through a forum. Yeah. But it's, I think, it, I think the, I think the problem is definitely, as you said, kind of like exacerbated by the, the, you know, the global pandemic. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that that's coming out. Uh, Super Mario 3D All Stars is out. Uh, John and Jeremy already have it pre-ordered. Uh, I'm going to get it digitally, just because I was, you know, I was thought I thought about getting a physical copy, but I just don't. I don't want physical copies anymore. So, and and the main thing for me is just like the waiting. I don't like the waiting. If I buy it digitally, I can play it at th- I can play it at 11 o'clock on Thursday, and that's my plan. I'm going to play it at 11 o'clock on Thursday. So, uh, I'm planning on playing Sunshine with Jess because she's never really seen it. And my wife. And uh, then I'm doing a stream. I'm going to stream a Super Mario 64 after that. Around I've, I've actually yeah. never played Super Mario 64. Oh, really? Like yeah. a, a few moments, like a few minutes mm-hmm. with like, out of friends or something. Because I didn't have a 64 growing up. Yeah. And I watched my, like, one of my best friends stream it on Twitch recently. And it was actually fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So this might be the best time for me to, like, jump in and get to experience it. Yeah, definitely try it out. I'm always curious to see like stuff like this for people that have never played it because it might be a little. It's I mean, it's not the it's not the smoothest playing game ever, but yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of people who grew up with it understand like the how weird the the camera controls and all that were. <laughs> but granted, it was like one of the first games the first that had, one. Yeah. had camera controls like that worked well. I mean, there were there were all sorts of 3D games before that, but I felt like. 64 was really the one that was like, okay, here's, here's a 3D game that plays, that plays well for like 96 or 97 or whenever it came out. So, yeah, you know, that's definitely kind of, agree. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt about it. And it's still like one of my favorites just because I've played the level so many times and, and they're just fun to play. But I've heard friends of mine who've never played it before say that shit because of how the, you know, because of how fucked up the camera controls are and all that. So it's always interesting to hear somebody. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it. it's like how does somebody interpret it without the nostalgia factor? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, and also, I mean, I forgot to mention this. You guys have it, but there's been this huge, like toxic, uh, thing about this game right now because. I guess, you know, it's, it's out. Like people have reviewed versions. It's been leaked on the internet. People have played it and they're saying that it is actually an emulation. You know, there's not really, it's not really technically a remaster, whichever, which if you listen to any of our previous episodes, I always said that it was not going to be a remaster because I don't see Nintendo doing that. But I've seen like there's more toxic stuff. Like even friend of the show, Janet is, was like, was like cutting, cutting people's comments out of posts from like the NBC group and all that because people have been, pretty shitty towards each other, I guess, is what it sounds like. People are really, really trying hard to pick on the people who are buying the game 
and saying that Nintendo's lazy and that they're char- overcharging and all this other like garbage. Such a weird thing to get tribalistic about. Like we all enjoy the game, you know, let's en- enjoy it on whatever platform, however we choose. Yeah, and it's Leave just each other that, alone. it's like why do you it's like why do you have to harass somebody for just buying a thing? Like let them just buy a thing. And I did like see it, a, yeah. a Hard Times headline today though that was like something like uh, Nintendo issues DMCA takedown to Nintendo for yeah. So that, that, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that is funny. Yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 like Jeremy. You said it as well, Jeremy. I'm just I'm here for sunshine. That's yeah. me. Sunshine is really the one that's pushing it out for me because. I've played 64 a million times on various different things. I still love the game, but I really want to play Sunshine just because Sunshine, it's the only one that's never been re-released in any way. So mm-hmm. that's that's a big one for me. Like, and, and there's, you know, I'm really interested to see how they tweak the controls, the GameCube controls, like through with a, to a system with no analog controllers and all that stuff, or analog triggers, so. With with a you know the Tony Hawk game that just came out, I was saying like it's one of the best remakes or whatever remasters of a game that mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And then I think people are like hyped up a lot about that. And then kind of looking at like here's what Nintendo and even bigger game studio is doing when they re- remake a game or mm-hmm. re-release it, <clears throat> and it really is like the exact same thing as what it used to be. It doesn't look any better or, or anything. And it doesn't even use like the, the DS version of the, the game's mm-hmm. assets and stuff. So right. I can kind of see where some of the, the opinions of people are, you know, you don't get the, uh, like the up res textures of, you know, a complete remake if mm-hmm. you're just emulating it. So, yeah. um, but it, it, for me, as somebody who's never played it before, like, I think that it might, it might make it, it, like because I don't have that nostalgic attachment to it, it might actually deter people like me away from it. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. Maybe because the controls are a little wonky on the first one. Yeah, and the controls too. Like that, you don't get mm-hmm. you don't get the advantage of modifying the gameplay to suit the controls at all. Mm-hmm. And I and, and I don't think they did absolutely nothing with it. Like there were some breakdowns through. I think Game Explain like said that mm-hmm. some some of the resolution is better and like. Like a lot of the pictures, like the sprite pictures in the background have been cleaned up where like the edges are, are smoother and all that stuff. So they're, they did do some, somewhat to it. And did you guys hear about the, um, the, the peop- the person who fixed the smoke in the N64 version of, uh, Mario, Mario 64? Oh. Fixed the Is smoke it- in, in what way? Like, um, for, uh, see, I never played the game, so I don't know the exact instances, but like, I think when Mario gets hit by a certain enemy that's on fire, yeah. he like kind of catches on fire or something, or his butt's burning, so he runs around and there's smoke yeah, that yeah. follows him. Yeah. So, so the smoke looks really staticky, but that's apparently uh, like a, a, an improper like value assigned to it, and mm-hmm. so it's looking at the wrong place for the texture. And some some modder went through and modified like one or two values to be the correct value, and it, change the texture completely to what it's supposed to be like. Oh, and okay. so I, from what I've heard is like that this remake, like the Nintendo still hasn't gone back to like even change that value. And I don't know if that's on purpose or if that's just like some people might claim it's lazy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what the reason is behind that, but I, I'd be interested in seeing like what kind of changes like that exist or if they do at all. Yeah. You see on one hand, you want to say like Nintendo's, you know, being really protective of their IP and they want it to be like it was supposed to be. And I, and I know in a lot of like 
virtual console releases and stuff, that's something they touted early on. This is the, you know, the exact game with like Mario three has got the weird, like uh, screen loading stuff on the sides or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the, you can still see that. So like on one hand, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, Nintendo just wants to give the fans like the exact games. But in the, on the other hand, I'm like, but they also have just like made all these shameless remakes. Of, like maybe not completely shameless, but you know what I mean? They've remade a lot of their properties in different ways and yeah. found ways to charge full, you know, like Link's Awakening, you know, it's a great looking game, but it's a Game Boy game that they polished up and sold for 60 bucks. Yeah. But that was, I mean, that was a completely remastered game though. They weren't like re-releasing the Game Boy game and charging No, no, $60 I know that, but I'm it. saying, yeah. but they're willing to do that. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't like, especially with Mario Sunshine, like people have been demanding this game for so long and I won't get into it all over again. Cause I talked about it a lot last week, but like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like it could have been, there could have been so much more, I don't know, just more buzz about it than there is as just a part of a collection. I'm just still kind of bewildered by that. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I, I, same thing. I feel like, I feel like people should be, should be talking about Sunshine more because, yeah, we never got a re-release of it until now. So, I mean, that's big. That's the big thing. And, and of course we mentioned it last week. It is a real major bummer that Mario Galaxy 2 isn't, isn't on there, isn't included, especially with the $60 price tag. I don't know. But I'm regardless. I'm still gonna buy it because I don't know. I have nothing else better to do and do with my life. So <laughs> I'll be I'll be playing those games and enjoying them. So yeah, and I too. Yeah, I mean it's it it's really sunshine. Sunshine's the one I can't break away from. Like I'm like, well, I can play the other two, and I can play Sunshine too. I have the original Sunshine on GameCube, but I'm like, mm-hmm. but I want to see what it looks like on an HD TV because it's you know, and I even play it like HD version through Wii and all this crap. I have all that stuff, but. I just want to see what it looks like on the Switch is like the main thing for me. And I really want to see how they remake, the, re, redo the controls. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about it. It's already, like I said, we're already, it's already selling out in various places. Um, there's another sequel to Saboteur, which John has bought. That's why I put that on there. SIO, that's a sequel to Saboteur 1 and, te- 1 and 2. Is it a new one or is it another sequel that didn't come out before? That's an interesting. He made, it's, a, it's a new one. He made a brand new game. So. Uh, I don't know if I have any interest in it, just because the, the other two, you know, first of all, they were 99 cents. I bought them for 99 cents. Mm-hmm. I also bought them largely for the, um, I, guess, I don't, don't want to say installed factor because I didn't, didn't play them before, but the fact that they were old school Com- Commodore games on the Switch, I thought that was interesting. It was a novelty. Sure, yeah. And I think from what I played of the games, they were they were interesting, and, and they held my attention for maybe, I think I played them for maybe two or three hours. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I have to see more. This this game would have to stand on its own without the nostalgia, without the novelty of being a Commodore game. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't seen anything of it. Maybe it's great. I don't know. But yeah. I'm looking at it as, as just a new game from a new series that I've never played before. Sure, and and it'll probably go on sale again too. But it's cool yeah. that he's doing a that they're doing a sequel to it, and it's still keeping it in the same like a uh, the same graphic style as before. And, I appreciate that. Like, that's definitely cool. Kind of, you know, like, uh, like Mega Man, uh, nine and 10, like how they did that. I always thought that was really cool. Like that, even I know it was, it wasn't like, uh, directly in a and all that, but it was still, it was cool that they returned to that style. And just, just because it sounds funny and I didn't know what it was, uh, Groove Coaster YY, which, which is a rhythm game that's on Switch that I guess came out like a few months ago, got an Undertale music pack added to it this week. Which uh, I guess, and I guess there was an Undertale concert too. Did you guys hear about that? 
I heard about it. I haven't checked it out yet. Because uh, one of my another one of the podcasts that I one of my favorite podcasts, Eight Four Play, they were involved in the in the translation of Undertale to Japan. Like they mm-hmm. translated the game for Japan. And I think they also were involved in the orchestra. So I saw all of them all of them tweeting about it. Like when it happened, I didn't see it or find out where to find it at. But there was a big Undertale thing. And yeah, this music pack was added to this other like very Japanese uh, rhythm game that was on there. It actually looked pretty cool, but it's like $60. And like I said, it's not really a time for me to throw $60 at something that I'm not sure of. But Yeah, Undertale just turned five, so it was like celebrating its fifth anniversary. Yeah, and there was like an update of sorts from their website. I, I posted it to the Slack somewhere, but Toby Fox mentioned, talked about like that he had, it, it sounded, I read through all of it. It sounded basically like he was just saying that he'd just gotten a little bit farther on developing a Delta rune, but it's, but it, but it is like a major milestone. You, you saw that, right, Jeremy? I saw that there was an update. I didn't read, I didn't read why I read the news update. Way okay. It was just because like, I knew, I knew the buzz was going to be pretty huge if he had said something big. Mm-hmm. It was, there wasn't like a release date or anything. He was just saying that he had, you know, accomplished a, you know, a, a, a big part of it is, is kind of what it sounded like. And, and that he didn't expect it to be as big as it ended up being and all this stuff. And yeah, I mean, I liked what I played at Delta rune. It was, yeah, the, the demo was great. I mean, it was free, you know, you could play the whole first part of the game free, which is awesome. Like I played it, just played it, you know, and I liked it better than I liked. I didn't, I don't really like undertale that much because it kind of forced me to play the game a certain way that I didn't want to play it. But, but I'd like Delta rune better. I thought like it was, and he mentions about like the you know the the graphics being bigger and just having it be much a much bigger thing than Undertale and that's why it's taking longer. But so there was there was some definitely some buzz around that that happened. Um, there's there's a few demos available of games that aren't out. Uh, Unrailed looked like kind of a fun game. It's like a voxel co-op game where you build where you build the rails for a train like as it's moving. Uh, that's available. The Survivalist that's by the same guys who did the Escapists. There's a demo out for that. Looks like a you know Minecrafty type thing, but top down type stuff. And uh, Death and Taxes, I put that one on there just because it sounded funny. Like you're a you're like a Grim Reaper that works at a office, and in your like office job is killing people, and that's like <laughs> the way the game works. And you can get a demo of that too. Seems like something worth worth fucking around with. I feel for like free. I'm already living in Death and Taxes, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> death and Death and Corona. I don't want I don't want to spend too much time on this because I mentioned it last week but we were saying that we were talking about like having uh you know having keeping ourselves accountable through uh fitness games and I guess we could just lay out what what we want to do with it. I I just basically wanted to say that I'm planning on doing like a, you know, a certain amount of time and then just, you know, have you guys hold me accountable to it. That's basically where where I was going with it. I don't want to go I don't want to try to say that I'm going to do it 5 days a week because I know I won't. So I'm trying to, I've, Same. I've done it. I've, I mean, I've been, I've done enough gym workout stuff that I know that if you say you're going to do a specific amount of time of things, it doesn't work. Like for me, it was like, just try, just aim low and try and try to hit that. And once you're comfortable with that, try to aim higher. It's kind of what's worked for me for the most part. So I'll say right now that for next week, I promise that I will do two days of ring fit adventure on a 20 minute workout. Which I haven't built the workout yet, but it'll just be. I'm not going to do the. I'm not going to do the story mode just because the story mode has too much in between stuff. I'd rather just mm-hmm. do do the regular exercises. As much, as cool as the story mode is, it ends up taking me like two hours, and then I get That's like true. 20 minutes of exercise out of it. That's just ridiculous. Like I don't it is wanna, true. Yeah, I don't want to spend that kind of time. It's on a little it for, frustrating. Yeah, because since it's like you know got that RPG thing going, like mm-hmm. you literally have to go like stock up on healing items. And- yeah. 
and then squeeze all the juice. And I mean, that's cool, but <laughs> it gets annoying after a while though. Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, what I've been, I've been playing, uh, the adventure mode and I think I'm going to keep doing it that way. Cause uh-huh. it does keep track of your time, but I think I, I don't know if I mentioned last week or not, but Shauna had set up a, she had figured out how to make a routine because I hadn't, I hadn't done it before. Yeah. And that ends up taking her about 15 minutes. So I should just do something like that and then yeah. literally get all my exercise and not have to, cause I'm usually doing it before work and I'm sort of strapped for time already. Yeah. I, I felt like it would be more manageable in that way. And I think you, and you can do the same thing for Wii U, right, John? That's what I think it's, you can, routine, yeah. you can build your own like a workout routine and all that type of thing. That's yeah, kind of what I, I what I expect would happen with this. So I haven't act. I, I know I know which which uh, re- I know which um, exercises I want to use in there, and I know that you can put them in a thing. I just haven't done it yet, just because you know it takes a while. You get to pull out a thing, and even if you just want to mess, even if you just want to build a routine, you still have to put the fucking thing on the squeezer and and attach the thing to your leg to let it to let you even do anything. That's like been the major thing that's kept me away from it. So I'll have to build the routine and do it at the same time, just because it takes a while to do all that stuff. So, but, but yeah, my, I'll, I'll say that by next week when we're recording, I will have done it twice for that week. I was going to try to do Monday and Tuesdays because every, all of my other days are fairly busy, but my, mine's similar. I want to do three fifteen. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm going to divide it out a little bit more because three, three days of 15 minutes because I'm playing adventure mode and oh. it takes a little longer. I'm just trying to do like, try to get through that story. And, you know, like today I failed the battle. So. I still oh. got my exercise, but I didn't make my progress. Mm. So, so you're that's s- because I didn't go to the shop first. I forgot I hadn't played in so long that I forgot I needed to like stock up on items. So you're saying that you'll do three days of Ring Fit by next week? That's what you're saying. Yes. Well, it doesn't have to be by Wednesday, but you know, for the week, mm-hmm. however you want to do it. Okay, so I say I'll do two days. You do three days. John's been doing five days because you're the the main person, but. I was I was gonna say like if for some reason we don't do it for the week we could penalize each other which we don't have to do necessarily, but I mean you're doing it five days you could still say like you want to at least still be doing three days like if you you know as like a minimum of you not to do for whatever, but I mostly just wanted to like try to keep you know try to keep us all accountable on it that type of thing so we'll keep doing it so you thought about adding uh, we were we were talking about like adding possibly like adding more points and stuff like that to it. Maybe we'll do that in the yeah, future like, if we end up adding. I thought about like, yeah. If, if for instance, say you miss a week and you're you're down a few, if we do decide to do points, right? Mm-hmm. You miss a week, you're down some points. We need a way to get you back up so you're not permanently down, right? So if you want to do like 10% more, you know, whether that's 10% more reps or you do 10% more time-wise or whatever, mm-hmm. then you get you know, one tenth of a point or something, some way to bring you back up. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't want it to be, I, I feel like yeah. if we have too many points, it's like two, I don't want it to be a contest mm-hmm. at all. It shouldn't be. Right. I mean, it's, you have to be careful, like, especially with like a uh, fitness that that stuff can get really toxic really easily. And I'm trying to like get away from that. Not that either of you guys would be toxic about it. I'm just saying that it's probably, it's just more like personal growth type thing. That's kind of what I'm right. going for. So, yeah. And and I and I I tried to work out enough at the gym that I had, you know, which where I where I would try to do three days a week, and I would like, I would always at least do one day, and that was my thing where I would like always do one day. Some days I do two or three, but at least doing one day a week, I still noticed a big difference. So that's kind of where part of where I came up from with with this. Yeah, do it for yourself. Yeah, 
So that's that's the main thing. And 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 actually I quit I tried to quit my gym. I don't know if it actually happened, but <laughs> just because they were charging me and I don't even think I can go in there because of <laughs> because of COVID, <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah. So that's that's where what, what state are you in? Uh I'm in uh, Illinois. Okay. Yeah, over here in Texas they they have gyms open and the people gyms have been like advertising like crazy to try to get people in. Yeah, there's this gym that I was a member of and I was thinking about quitting it, you know, just be, just because cuz I spent too much money there and I actually was planning on going back to the gym when everything was fine, like in in the in the before times, but yeah, now and now, we all naively thought it would be over in a month or two. Yeah. I mean, well, I was like working fairly regularly in February and I was like, oh, I should just start going to the gym again and just run for a while until it until all of a sudden nothing was safe anymore in my mind and I'm like, nope, I'm not going there. <laughs> But then they didn't charge me for like five months, and then all of a sudden they charged me, and I'm like, oh, and I couldn't even call them because they weren't even open. And I'm like, oh, what mm-hmm. the, I'm like, fuck this yeah. place. So I my, my rock climbing uh, gym did pretty much the same thing, but yeah. they were able to reverse it all. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't even I couldn't even call them, so I ended up like sending them because you have to like send them a physical piece of mail. So like I did that, I like sent oh. them a fucking letter saying that I didn't want to be a member anymore because they make it so hard they for you to quit. It it's so stupid. So yeah. That was that was my thing, but I think I think we're good to move on with that. Let's just say, and you, you you're gonna you're planning on doing the five days, right, John? That's what you're saying. Continue to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And we'll we'll just have like brief updates each week and try to keep ourselves up with that and such. I guess we could talk about uh talk about that the Mario Kart Live. Somebody has yeah, that so, highlighted. Yeah, last week, um, you know, we reported or I I reported they said that. Um, it was going to be $153 thereabouts because it was going to be 129 uh, euros. And the actual price came out in America. It's going to be $99. So this is according to Walmart. So yeah, that's so, a correction. So it's a, it's a hundred. So yeah, that's a lot less. So yeah, it's, I, I was thinking like the way the Labo did it where it's like 60, $60, you know, for the game plus the amount of the, toys to life thing that comes with it so oh yeah this is actually that's such so much more of an appealing price point especially when you compare it to labo like that's cardboard it, this is an actual like this is a toy yeah 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 so it's so it all it it you know the main question of course is still like how much of game how much how much how much is it going to be like toy versus game here like mm-hmm. you know how much how much are we going to get is, is it going to be i don't know how much you're going to be able to do with those with those little gates that it comes with where you can drive around with it i don't know what, I st- what do the cats think about it yeah my cats my cats are gonna hate it i'm sure but my cats would definitely hate it i'm not planning on getting it i mean i'm not i'm not unless it like has like you know huge like amazing reviews about it where it's like the new i don't know if they the could new breath of the wild or something in in a go-kart form then if they or, could combine it with like a, a roomba functionality maybe yeah that'd be great It'd clean your house <laughs> <laughs> You can always like attach a little broom on the back or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued by the idea of just like having a remote control car, like like what you could do with Labo. You know, where you can make the you can make the cardboard thing that you could put your Joy Cons on, and you could like take your little switch screen, and like it even had to use the camera, and you could like go around your house and see it in like the see it in like the heat, whatever the Predator mm-hmm. Vision on there. You know, that that was that was a fun thing to do, and that was way cheaper, but. I don't know. I like I like that idea of being able to like move a move a little remote cart around that has a camera on it. So I don't know, but it's at least it's cheaper than they said is the moral of that story. Um, Some big news: we got the Scott Pilgrim game is coming out, 
actually for the Switch and for uh, PlayStation and Xbox after people have been asking all this time. Did you see the Twitter? Did, did you see like the, the, the Twitter, the tweet from that, that that guy, that that guy said like after it all happened? Which it was guy? Pretty hilarious. The guy, whoever, whoever announced the, uh, the Twitter, the uh, Scott Pilgrim game. The guy from Ubisoft or whatever. Yeah, he basically, it was hilarious. He was basically like, okay, here's the Scott Pilgrim game. Now please get out of my house. I need to sleep. <laughs> it was like something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I, I appreciate that. It was like his, his tweet that he did. I saw uh, Jeremy Parrish immediately like posted like, people have already gotten a hold of me. No, we're not making, Limited Run is not currently making a physical version of this. Mm. Because that's one of the, that's like the game they get bugged about the most. Too. Yeah. It was just funny where he like his announcement was just like leave me alone like okay fine here it is now shut the fuck up like I've I've had enough of you <laughs> it's just yeah, people, it's people like love that game and yeah. then and then it went away yeah no I I like the game and I don't I didn't even really care for the movie or the comic book so but I thought the game was fun and the soundtrack is killer like I give it that the soundtrack is very good on the game so it's worth that and plus it's like a you know it's a beat 'em up but it's kind of more of a beat 'em up RPG where you can. Kind of like River City City Ransom style, where you can collect money and buy additional uh, moves and stuff like that. So I'm definitely excited to play it again, especially since it got delisted on PS3, and I think I got it through PlayStation Plus or something like that. So I don't think I have access to it anymore. So I definitely got played it on Xbox 360. My brother-in-law's has, and um, that would be my only. If that did happen, I don't remember. um, That would be my only experience with it. So I'm essentially playing this game brand new. Yeah, I'm excited too because I I do like the I love the movie and yeah, I love like, the comic book too. It's like John's favorite movie of all time, so it'll be one of my favorites. Big for <laughs> big for you, second to the Crow, right? That that one, and that, yeah. I don't know what the order goes, but yeah, it's up there. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it's I'll, I'll definitely play it. It's uh, yeah, it's supposed to come out by the end of the year too, right? It's supposed to be out in 2020 or is it next November? Year? November. Okay, I'll, pl- I'll play it. I've never actually, or if I have, it was very briefly, but my old roommate. You know, way back in the day, ten years ago, played the heck out of it. So he's probably pretty excited about it. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just know that he was pretty obsessed with it when it came out, and and, it, and I was like, "What? This is a licensed game, and it's good." You know, it was still. I mean, currently it's still kind of a problematic, but especially back then, you're like, "Yes, yeah, this game's gonna suck." Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, there's still a good licensed game here or there, you know, but definitely, I mean, the style that they did it was. Not really expected. So what what is the full story with this Prince of Persia remake? Have you guys? It's been kind of all over the place. So I saw. I remember seeing. Uh, I think it was what Nintendo Life uh, posted it, and they said it was all over the website, and then it wasn't on the website, and then the and then the developers said that they weren't bringing it to Switch, and then they came back and said they were bringing it to Switch later. So it's officially coming to Switch still, right? Um, Did you I guys, don't know. Have you guys followed any of that? The, the logo is just kind of generic. It's just like remake. I don't know. It's just like uh, I guess Resident Evil did the same thing though. Yeah, I, I watched the I watched the uh, the announcement video of it, and uh, I was a huge fan of Prince of Persia: Sands of Time on GameCube. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I and one thing I remember from it is how fucking weird the characters looked in the original game. Like they were very like uncanny valley, like the head, mm-hmm. like their head size n- with the body. It was like all weird. It didn't really fit together. So I'm glad that they finally made the characters look like not so much alien, like as they did in the original one. They kind of look more like real people. So, but no, I, I that game was really really fun. I had a lot of fun with it. I'd definitely play it again, especially on Switch. You know, and and it seems like it is coming to Switch. It's just coming later. Is what is what I've gathered from all the different back and forth about that. But that was another big announcement that happened. 
there. Um, it's yeah, I like that game. I'll I play played it, it on uh, the original Xbox because a friend of mine gave me an Xbox, and I don't even remember who gave it to me, but I had a free Xbox I got. And it's like one of the few games I actually played on it. I played like that and uh, the Orange Box were like the only two games I had. Oh, Orange Box, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I never got, I never got a hold of that. I wanted to get it for P- PS3, and I guess it didn't run that well, or nobody really had it. But I could never track it down. My my story with with uh, Prince of Persia was I bought a True Crime True Crime Streets of L.A. for GameCube because it was like a supposed to be like a GTA style game. And I played it to the point of when I, there's like a part where it gets like super, there's like, I don't know, it gets really bad. And basically I bought this game, I took it back, I took it back to GameStop and exchanged it for Prince of Persia. And I was much happier with Prince of Persia after that. Like I, I bought Streets of LA, hated it and returned it and got Prince of Persia. So (laughs) that's my experience with that. But I liked, I liked Prince of Persia. It was awesome. And I remember later in the GameCube times, they actually gave Prince of Persia away for free. When you bought um, Splinter Cell, it came free with Splinter Cell later. When when that came around on GameCube, you get you get both games. So, so we we talked about this. We talked about this early on the show, but uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo ha- has another update, which I actually didn't think was going to happen after the Super Mario All Stars dropped during the Super Mario 35th Anniversary Direct. I was like, oh no, you know, we're not going to get anything more for the Super Nintendo app on the Switch, but here we are. We're getting some more games, and you know. Coming right off of Jeremy beating Donkey Kong Country, uh, Donkey Kong Country Two is coming out next week for the for the Switch. That uh, that's great because that's like uh, my wife and I's like favorite game to play together. So we'll we're gonna play through that one as well with the yeah the game was rewind will be nice. <laughs> what I was just saying like because Home's probably doesn't know that the game was at your wedding. Oh yeah, the Donkey Kong Country Two made an appearance in our wedding, and I had I played some music from it, and there was also the. The person that married us, she had a folder with a picture of Donkey Kong Country on the front of it. So <laughs> it was. Uh, it, I thought it was really nice. Uh, Just gave me her her like copy of Donkey Kong Country that she had as a kid for like a Valentine's Day gift or something like that. And I was really wow. That was nice. I was like, "You're giving me your actual copy with your save on there? Like that's fucking crazy. You shouldn't do that." That's that's true love right there. Yeah. Congratulations! I want to find someone like that. Yeah. <laughs> plus, plus, it's like it's both. It's like both of ours. One of our favorite games for Super Nintendo. So we bonded a lot over Donkey Kong Country Two, and now it's available. Oh, not now yet, but next year, next week, it will be available. And, uh, and that's a, that's a good one for the rewind feature because that's a hard game. Yeah. No. I mean, because we were we've been playing through. I mean, we've been trying to play through Donkey Kong Country Two on Wii U on the Virtual Console version of that. And I think we got we got pretty far. Like we were in the we were in the hornet part where you have to like hit the hornet on the stinger. You know, we have to like kind of go under it and like throw. It's it's so stupid hard. Queen bee. Yeah. No, I think you're actually using squawks and you have to hit it, hit him with the hit the nut like at the right exact position. And it's so stupid, stupid, complicated and hard. So <laughs> I'm gonna ha- happy to have a rewind on that. But there's some other interesting stuff on here as well, like. Uh, the Super Mario Picross, like, that's awesome. Like, I didn't even know it was on Super Nintendo, or there was one. And it's an import, right? I don't think it ever came out here. I think it's, it's only import. Japanese. So, yeah, um, I've, I've played Mario's Picross on the Game Boy version on 3DS because I got it for free through Nintendo Club Nintendo. So, uh, yeah, so that's cool. And I'm excited to play it again. I was just I was just trying to get Jess into Picross because she's really into cross-stitching, and cross-stitching and Picross are, like, the same thing. 
Like it's the same thing where you're like taking, you know, where you're going like square by square and like little tiny parts and then you're making a big picture. It's the same thing. So I thought she'd really be into it. But now we don't have to buy one. You know, she can automatically play it on her Switch because she has a Nintendo Online and all that. So yeah, it's cool. And also there's a game called Peacekeepers on there, which is which is another beat em up. So a free beat em up. Yay. I'm into that. And a special cybernetic attack team, SCAT for NES is also coming out. So that'll be out next week. And before we end here, I didn't I didn't talk about my middle name at the beginning of the of the show. I really need to do that. I call myself a bit of a blowjob because uh <laughs> I was uh for the first time so we, we talked about last week we talked about like getting like, you know, hate comments and stuff on that on YouTube videos. And I was talking about this Indie five hundred video that I made where I get all sorts of comments of people telling me that I'm bad at the game and that's why I think the game is bad and all this stuff. But I got a comment in Italian from somebody who called me a bit of a blowjob. So I, I think it's a. I think I, I think I can retire now. I, I don't think I need to do anything ever again. I think Beautiful. This, is a, this is the last episode of Nintendo Main. Uh, thanks. See you later, guys. Uh, I'm gonna walk into this. I'm gonna walk into the sunset now because I've done everything you need to do in the in the internet world. It's just yeah. I get I get insulted in another language. It, it says it says something like uh, I think I think the players. A bit of a blowjob more than the game, I think, is what it what Google translate translated it to, and I'm like, okay, all right, it's got to be my name for the week. But yeah, yeah it's a compliment though. Yeah, <laughs> check out my Indy 500 video on on youtube.com slash podcast and call him a blowjob in many different languages. Do it. Yeah, go do it <laughs> in all go. different languages. But yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's good for our episode. For I this. did want to say I did want to say one thing because we we missed it last week. Okay, I was really excited about this. There's a Shenmue anime series coming. There, I think that's really cool. There is, and it's being done by the same people who did, uh, or one of the main animators or artists who does uh, Food Wars, right? Yep, true. Yeah, so that's... Uh, it's going to be on uh, Crunchyroll and Adult Swim. Yeah, I actually traded I traded in my Hulu membership for uh, Crunchyroll Premium, so... No more, no more commercials for me. So I'm, I'm into, <laughs> I'm into watching, uh, watching that once it gets on there. So yeah, I, I now pay to watch anime, and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, um, that's that's been our episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Holmes. It was really awesome yeah. to talk yeah, to it was you. Great. About, well, I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate you having me here. Yeah, it, it was great it, to meet you after you know seeing your work for so long. Yeah, it's always great to meet up and talk about games and stuff so is I, I forgot to ask you earlier is there any are you planning on bringing any of your other stuff that you did for ardu boy to the switch in the future can you not talk about it uh well no i, I can definitely talk about any any of my plans and stuff i i don't think i'll bring any any ardu boy games to the switch or anywhere else honestly i think i think ardu boy is i don't want to say done uh, but i think i might be I, i'll probably participate in like the game jams and stuff but like i said i have a another game that I haven't really announced yet that I'm still kind of exploring. And once I finalize that, I think that's where I'm going to like really focus like all of my free time into. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I was really excited about that. Uh, the Metroidvania one that you're talking about, I thought like, you mm. know, Metroidvania fits so well in the switch it's, market. It's, so it's, yeah. it's a, it's a Metroidvania as much as an Ardu boy can handle a Metroidvania. So, okay. uh, yeah. sure. but it, it's actually like, uh, randomly procedurally generating uh, because I can't store all of the big huge levels like a normal system could. Oh, okay. So it's it's it plays a little bit different, but if you like platformers, definitely check it out. Midnight Wild. 
Midnight Wild, right? Yeah, and I'll and I'll put some I mean, I'll put some links in the description. Mm-hmm. I'll put a link to, of course, the eShop for Circuit Dude and all that. And everybody should definitely check out that game. Is there any other? Can you let our listeners any other places they can find you, Holmes? Yeah. So, like I said earlier, um, Twitter is usually where I'm at. Twitter.com/slash/crate. Um, I try to post there kind of frequently. Here, I've only been talking about Circuit Dude recently because you know it just came out. But usually, I'm talking about uh, other games that I'm working on. Uh, I try to since the pandemic started because I've been way too sheltered and and uh, I like interacting and socializing with people. So I've been trying to stream on YouTube and Twitch as well, uh, game development. Mm-hmm. So I've been working on like a Palm Pilot port of Circuit Dude uh, here recently. So uh, youtube.com slash crate and twitch.tv slash the crate if you're inter- interested in that. Uh, but other than that, everything else, like all my other games, like almost all of them are free. So you can find all my other stuff on my website, which is just crate.net, C-R-A-I-T.net. And yeah, that's like a probably the best landing place to like kind of see the like if you know if you forget my username for stuff like that's where you go for everything. Cool. Yeah, yeah. The crate and and check the description of this. You will find the links on there for sure. I appreciate that, guys. Yeah. And and you. and you know if you if you ever have anything in the future that you want to promote, like feel free to mm-hmm. hit me up on Twitter. We'd love to have you back on the show again to talk. I'll, about I'll, it. I'll definitely add you guys to the list. You guys are pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and thanks for hanging out with us for mm-hmm. for all that time. And uh, for if anybody wants to find out more stuff about Nintendo Main Podcast, you can find us at nintendomainpodcast.com, uh, twitch.tv slash nintendomainpodcast, youtube.com slash nintendomainpodcast. Just you, just Google Nintendo Main. You'll find it wherever. You'll find all our stuff. Um, also, if you want to help us out and support the show, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Uh, if you give a dollar, you can hear all of our monthly bonus shows that we've done. We have uh, 18 of the regular shows, but there's actually other bonuses on top of that. So there's definitely over 20 in there for sure and of various different things. And if you want to give at the $5 level, you can actually see – uh, the video stuff of ours a couple days in advance. So, and that counts for all of the face. Yeah. You get to see our beautiful faces and, and Holmes's face as well. So you can, you can check that out. Also, our, I, I have another show that I do with my wife called How Is It Now, where we talk about, uh, movies that have won Oscars and how they are now. Uh, we just put up an episode about Raiders of the Lost Ark. You can find that, but we do the same thing with that where we post a video of us doing the episode a week before the episode is out. So you can get. You can see all that stuff if you want to. And of course, you know, if you give it like the $10, $50 level, there's physical stuff that you can get, like uh, Perlers made by Jeremy or Cross Stitches made by my wife. All sorts of good stuff on there. And also, um, our last uh, bonus show that we did was about Game Genie. So it was really good. So you can look at that stuff. But yeah, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jeremy Mikowski. John Litter. And special guest, Jonathan Holmes. <laughs> and uh thanks thanks for being here again man and uh mm-hmm. thank you everybody for listening we will see you next week
Oh. Did you lose the microphone? It's just headphones. He can't control his excitement. <laughs> <laughs> your cat your cat knocked your headphones off? Wait, what happened? Can't hear you. Right I'm back. <laughs> my cat was on my lap and then he jumped and unplugged everything. Oh that's, wow. That's what he does on the regular. Yeah. 